Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. I am Daniel John Schaefer, joined as always by the KG Cass Lush. Cass, how you doing, brother? I am very good, very good. Just off of watching the new AEW's first pay-per-view and WCW's last ever pay-per-view. I'm excited to talk about both. Let's get into it. Start us off. Yeah, man. So today we're going to be covering AEW's Double or Nothing from this year, obviously, and uh, WCW's Greed from 2001. Uh, like Cass said, it is AEW's first pay-per-view and WCW's last. And we we're actually going to start with the Nostalgia Show. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and kick it off with 2001 uh, WCW Greed. The opening match was Kiwi versus Jason Jett. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump right in here. Man, how the mighty have fallen, especially considering we've covered a couple of these WCW pay-per-views so far. And this is uh, this is tough uh, to be starting out a, a pay-per-view, um, especially unannounced. It just kind of shows you how disheveled everything was uh, then. Uh, I mean, you can definitely tell the Easy Money or uh, Jason Jett. He was Easy Money in ECW, for those of you that don't know. Uh, you could definitely tell that he could have had a lot of nerves going on. Uh, she, he just shouldn't have been put in that position, I feel like. Uh, Nick Patrick in there was pretty funny to see, too. Like, you know, especially him being like a heel referee in the NWO for so long. I don't know, just the legitimacy of him as an actual referee after that was kind of funny to me. Uh, I mean, I do feel like the guys really tried hard, though, to do, uh, you know, the be- make the most of their opportunity. I feel like this was, uh, you know... In this day and age, it would have been more high spots, uh, but I feel like they were trying to kind of like give the uh, you know a 2001 version of high spots, 2001 version of wrestling, but they were trying to like really you know pump up the crowd and and kick off the show right. It uh, doesn't mean that they succeeded in that, but you could definitely see that they were trying. Uh, it certainly wasn't the worst WCW paper match pay per view match I've seen. Uh, but Jet went over after the crash landing, which is like the suplex X or pretty much like a vertical suplex throw. Uh, I gave it two and a half stars. What do you think about Kiwi versus Jason Jet? Wow, two and a half stars. Okay. Um, I have a couple thoughts I'd like to say about this match. One, you, I mean, there was no reason for this to be a pay-per-view match. They didn't say why it was a pay-per-view match that I, that I caught. Like, I could not see why this was a pay-per-view match. This was like a dark match at best. Um, the production was bad from the get-go. Uh, they did this one thing on outside of the ring. They did a handheld camera, but it was only uh, one guy out there. And I don't know if this was just WCW just not having money and they only had one guy holding the camera out there or they were trying to do something cool, but they were like, he was running over and zooming on, I guess his name is Kiwi, and running over and, and zooming on Jason Jett and he was running back and forth. And it just sucked. And it, it was just one more crappy thing to add to a crappy match that nobody cared about. Everyone in the crowd was dead. It's like... Uh, see, I don't think so. I feel like the crowd was pretty hyped for this match, actually. That, that's why I gave it I, a, ra- a rating. Like, I mean, I felt like they got them into the match. Like, they got them hot. By the end of the match, man, they were pumped to see it. Jason Jett. I didn't it, see it. it. I felt like they were lost at the end. I felt like at the beginning, maybe you could say that. But after, like, what seemed like forever... What seemed like forever, the match just kept going and going and going until both men were legitimately lost in the ring and nobody knew what the point of anything was. And there was n- 
Nothing made sense. The whole ending sucked. It was 10 times way too long. I gave it an F just because of the length. They could have actually had some decent match that just because it didn't mean anything doesn't mean it sucked. But this match didn't mean anything. It went on way too long. I think it sucked. All right. And that is, uh, I got a feeling that's how this show is going to go in general. Indeed. (laughs) But we are going to. That was the theme for the rest of the night. Nothing mattered. Like every, it was like they just threw a couple matches. Two matches had a promo. I think I counted. Two matches had an actual reason that they like really told us why on this WCW show. But anyway, let's keep going. Well, let's see. uh, Let's see what we had over here uh, for the first ever AEW pay-per-view. We are going to start from the very top, uh, top of the pre-show and everything. The very first thing they put out. So we're starting with the Casino Battle Royale. Well, let's just, um, if I may, let's start with what were your feelings of the opening? This is, you know, this is AEW, so let's take a little quick okay. little uh, side yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll break it what down. We'll break fir- it down. What, what were your first thoughts on? You're seeing the set. You're seeing the production. You're seeing the camera angles. Yeah. You're seeing uh, pyro. You're seeing yeah. all this stuff. What were your thoughts on AEW? I'd like to just touch on that a little bit because this is AEW's first ever uh, yeah, no, totally, totally. Let's let's. Uh, you're absolutely right. Let's back up a little bit, man. Uh, all the promo packages I thought looked really well put together. They screened like a lot of like uh, you know kind of set you up for the night, and I feel like it was more of uh, the way kind of the UFC does it when they start a card. Like it's uh, you know it's little it's every match kind of in order, and the the card reflects that. They put it they book it that way in that order, and I think that that gave it some legitimacy uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I actually like having the two dedicated entrances, like one for the heels and one for the baby faces. I think that's a lost art, and I think it's pretty cool. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I thought I thought that the entire opening package uh, leading up was pretty good. I wasn't really big on the two commentators. Excalibur is great. I've known him from the Ring of Honor, the masked uh, commentator, but the other guy just was kind of. Uh, just kind of it's he's it's not that he was lazy his voice just sounds lazy it's almost like his voice really isn't made for commentary in my opinion uh could be wrong it was just how i felt about it uh what do you think about those opening moments Cass? oh yeah man um i i agree i i thought everything looked really good the lighting was good you know after the pre-show they had you know, Pyro, they had Star Spangled Banner. Um, I didn't like that. I, I was really hoping that when JR came in, because I knew JR was going to be uh, part of the commentary, I was hoping one of the other guys would, would step away. I didn't know who either of them were. I didn't think either of them were that great. I, I didn't think either of the two were that great. Um, but I thought the whole opening was great. I thought it had a, a good big match feel. The promos that they did, the Dusty promo, the Cody promo with the song, and that you know that was great. That I don't know yeah. how anybody could say anything bad about that. Um, but to back up to the pre-show, significantly side of better than All In. I know we haven't covered oh, All yeah. In, and that was a show from last year, but we both watched it, and this this production was significantly better than All In. The and the only thing I will critique was it was kind of weird that. You know, we're about to skip back, but after the pre-show, um, Cody and them came out, and we're ta- Cody Young Bucks and Kenny came out, and we're talking, and then in the middle of them talking, it did cut, just cut them off to black, and it was kind of confusing, and it did seem like, okay, are this gonna, are they sloppy? Do they not know what they're yeah. doing? Who didn't get well, a time? We'll, we'll probably get to that right. after match two, but yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, I got some okay. notes on that too. So, 
Okay, so let's go. So the first match was that Battle Royal and kick it off. What did you think about the, the Battle Royal to kick it off? To start I, off the show? I actually liked the way... Um, so full disclosure, me and uh, if you if you actually follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we did some streaming um, a little bit there. Not as much as we would have liked. We had some issues with the family here at my place. But um, uh, yeah, so when we were streaming it, we we were I, I missed a lot of a lot of the spots just because I was taking care of kids and kind of running around. It was more of like a party feel going on. Um, so I missed a lot of this. So my initial uh, I, I missed the, the the rules the way they broke it down. So I went back and rewatched it. And the way they broke it down into like suits to where like a group of people come out at a time instead of just like one by one as far like a Royal Rumble counter. They did they did something to make them their their battle royale or battle royal or however you want to say it. They made they found a way to make it unique and make it their way. I thought that was really cool. And you still kept like the uh, the number thirty entrant quote unquote as like the Joker card, which also I thought was pretty well kind of scripted. Um, man, it, it did feel like a hodgepodge of indie guys though. Um, I will say that Billy Gunn was in this match. And he looked like an absolute giant. He looked like the big show compared to a lot of the people in this match. Uh, Ty Dillinger, uh, you know, from NXT, uh, came out under his real name as Sean Spears. He's working for AEW now. And he looked gigantic compared to those guys. And that that really did stand out. Joey Janela took some sick bumps, though. Um, guys, I will say this. If you're on pay-per-view, if you're a wrestler on pay-per-view, you cannot use electrical tape on your wrists. That's just unacceptable at that point. At that point, like it's not 1998. You can't do that. Like, stop. The, e- either don't wear tape at all, or just spring for the, dude. Spring the extra money for the athletic tape. Come on, go to Dick Sporting Goods. Just get get what you need to get. Don't. Why would you be wearing electrical tape on a pay per view, man? Come on, that's that's a little silly. Um, I mean, I I I thought it, it gave a good sampling of gimmicks. Uh, Orange Cassidy coming out and doing the sloth, the slow kicks to. Tommy Dreamer, uh, you know, you know, they brought a staple gun out. I, th- I feel like they, they they tried to show you, hey, this is everything you're going to see in AEW. You're going to see some gimmicky stuff. You're going to see some good high spots. You're going to see some comedy stuff. Um, I, I felt like it was pretty solid. It wasn't great, uh, but it was solid. I gave it two stars on this one. What do you think about the Casino Battle Royale? Now, before I say what I'm about to say, I just want to let it be known that I was very excited for AEW, and I still am excited for AEW, and I hope AEW does well. And I think that this style of Battle Royal would have been great to start off the show. But they have who they have. They don't have that many wrestlers. And the guys that they had that showed up for this Battle Royal that were here to let people know this is what you're going to get with AEW, I don't think did the best job. I didn't like it. I thought it made it look like a glorified indie pay-per-view. It had, it was just very indie slash New Japan, and that was the theme for the whole night, in my eyes, that I was watching it. From the few things I've seen from New Japan, and just being an indie fan, uh, I'm not deep into indie wrestling. I don't know as much as, as Daniel knows, but, you know, it just seemed uh, too indie for me. I think they needed to look a little bit more legit. Like he, Like he said, you know, Billy Gunn, he, I, I mean, Daniel, pronouns, pal, god damn it. Like Daniel said, <laughs> Billy Gunn looked like a giant, and he was the only one given a little legitimacy. I mean, a lot of these guys uh, were were way too small for me and out of shape. There was a few guys that were out of shape, 
in this match and, and later on in the show. Uh, but there was things I liked. I thought Brian Pillman Jr. is a future star, and I loved his yeah, haircut. Definitely, definitely. Uh, that, that Straight haircut. out of 1986, right oh, there. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was great. Um, other than that, there wasn't too much that I liked about it. I don't think it it was a good thing. I think Those Joy the, Janela bumps were sick, though, dude. Those Joy the, Janela bumps were so sick. The one has got a great gimmick. I mean, but then the guy coming out doing the soft thing, that was, why well, do that there? I mean, it didn't get over and it was stupid and uh, I don't know. I thought I it didn't like it. I thought it was stupid. It was, That's it okay. was, yeah. yeah. I thought the whole thing, I actually, I liked the, I liked the idea of this battle royal and I liked the way it was set up. At first I missed the, the rules, but then once I got it, that they were coming out in groups and everything, I thought that was an awesome way for a battle royal. It did seem very WCW. It was like a dusty battle royal. It was like, it was dusty, dusty. write yes. this down. It was very dusty ass. Like, I agree. Coach, if you start your own show. Hey, please. if there was a WCW battle royale that we don't know about that was like this, please tweet us and hey, let us know yeah. at KFAB. I didn't watch any of it. I'm very WWE loyal. Um, but so I don't know. It just yeah, felt it's possible very that it happened. It, this possible. could have actually been a dusty concept. It's gotta be. I mean, it seems like it, but I mean, those are, a, it's a son running it. So maybe it's a code. Maybe we're going to be see it saying Cody concepts in 20 years. Who knows? But either way, the idea of the battle Royal was great. I thought it didn't help the company for what they had, but they were kind of dealing with, they were doing with what they had, but I, I hate to give them an F as well, but that's two F's back to back. One WCW, F. one EW. I hated F. it. Looking back on it again, I watched it again. It sucked. I mean, it just was F. not good. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't good. What was uh, th- take away the hype of AEW being very, very excited for for AEW and putting it and just watching it as a battle royal wrestling match and watching some of the people that were in there. Sunny Days is like five six, way overweight. Didn't do anything cool. Nobody in there. The dude uh, that you liked that you were talking about, uh, Janella, what it was, he yeah. flabby. Nobody looked good. They all were short, little, scrawny. You had an emo guy in there that I think I could beat up, and I am very skinny. Oh, I mean, dude. half of the guys that just dude is a did hardcore legend, like, though. Like he's just British. No, you he's just a pre- he's a pretend hardcore legend. I mean, let's be real. I mean, it's he. They did. Nobody was selling me on it anything it just because just you don't know them though that's the thing well, but that's they the didn't thing. do their you're, you're job then just... it doesn't matter people come out all the time that i don't know and sell me I who gets over in a battle royal name me one like royal why Rumble where a brand that, new guy then, comes why in and gets they put over that as their first match if they couldn't get because anybody the, over because a lot of indie fans are watching this. who gets over in a battle royal Shawn michaels 1995 got over okay. in about okay okay yeah he had no career before that battle royal it was the first time you'd seen him on pay-per-view he didn't know anything about him, and he just he got, got himself. Over. He got over. That's silly, though. He was already over. He was so already in saying, the rocker. So you're saying what got him over is Marty Jannetty's face through a window. That's what got him over. He has been okay. over since. So then. hold on. So you're saying battle royals are illegitimate, and nobody can get over in them. So why would you have a battle royal? I'm not saying they're illegitimate. I'm saying that I'm saying that you have a battle royal when you have like when you have guys that you know, established guys. And they, these are, this is a, this is an indie show. It is an independent show. No, it's not an independent show. They're, they're literally, their statements leading up, they're, they're literally, they're trying to not be an independent show and trying to be a legitimate company that is battling against WWE. Hence, Cody coming out with the sledgehammer, all of that. They're, they're trying not to be indie. They're not, if they want to be. Yeah, they're trying not to be. 
But they this is th- this is this is literally first step. It's almost like it's almost like you turn on AEW expecting to be ten years into AEW. No, like uh, like if they would have had some cool guys, I would have. Who loved who them. okay okay who would be cool to put in this battle royal? I don't know every I don't know every guy that I don't know yet. That's what yet. I'm saying though. There, That's what I mean. That's exactly my point. Later on in the show that won me this over. This is a good way to introduce people. People later on in the show that they had a guy with no legs and no. I mean, come on, dude. The sh- the battle royal was got a, a couple spots. And you're probably gonna see him again. That, that's what I'm saying. This is a way to introduce these people. They had a this is a way to introduce guys out. like Janela and Bro, like. Come on, if you did not have this as a, you were so, you were just way too excited for AEW. A guy came out with as big as me, kept his hands in his pockets and kicked the shins out of a wrestler in the ring, and then got thrown out. That was uh, the shit. Tommy Dreamer. But that yeah. Was shits, man. I loved it. I thought it was, there was hilarious. Other people I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was good comedy. I'm not saying that guy's. I, I mean, I've never actually seen him work. That's the thing too. It's like I'm not even this big of an indie guy. I just like. I just see and hear of things. Like, dude, come on. We know. We both know wrestlers. Like, you have heard of Joey Janela in passing. Whether I've I've, I've never him. ever seen him wrestle until I saw this. Never. I've seen not him one wrestle. time. And, yeah, and you, you know that's, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, show he didn't look that bad, but on TV, looking that flabby and not that prepared for the show, he looked sure. very bad. So and I didn't like see that, and he'll get better because he he definitely has a potential. You know, he can be a good performer because you just said you've seen him before. I thought his bumps like were great. Head scissor like spike DDT bump was great. That choke slam bump that he took through the table and like sold it like he broke his body in half looked fantastic. The, he met the guy slung him up too high and so he flipped down and landed on his head and that doesn't mean he's great the guy who gave him the choke slam threw him up too high and he landed on his head just okay because well overall all right so you gave the same rating to both shows yeah they were and both to be good. honest i gave a half a star more to jason jet and to to Kiwi. So and and this so here we are after match one from both shows and we're actually leaning towards the company that folded 2001 wcw greed that's, that's where we're leading right now. Let's jump back over, go to match number two. It was Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo versus Ray Mysterio and Billy Kidman for the inaugural, the first ever Cruiserweight Tag Team Championships. Genius idea about four years, three or four years too late, but genius idea. Should have done that back when you had a, a big hype Cruiserweight division. Uh, dude, all the steroids in this match, though. Mm. Like, Ray looked way too cut up. Kid Romeo is obviously a steroid factory. That dude is like probably five seven. He should he should be maybe 150, 160 pounds, easily 210, just of of false muscle there. Elix Skipper sounds like he has got he sounds like Michael Jackson. He's got the most high pitched voice, and that's the number one reason why that dude did not get over because he's yeah. a great wrestler. Um, dude, I mean. I thought that this match was pretty solid though. This this to me felt modern. In 2001, this felt like I would see this at a Ring of Honor show or I would see this at an NXT show honestly. Like this was a very up tempo um almost spot fest type match. Uh, um I mean, probably the reason why the business started to suffer in the early 2000s is because of all these high spots to be honest, and I think that's kind of why Everyone expects a lot now, and honestly, I feel like maybe that's probably why you expected more out of that battle royal. Um, but man, this this just—it wasn't awful. Um, I really don't like Kid Romeo at all. Uh, Ray went over after the Emerald Fusion. Uh, I gave this match uh, two stars. Uh, how did you feel about Elix Skipper versus Kid Romeo, or Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo versus Rey Mysterio and Kidman? Well, 
I will say I don't like a spot fest. And what I didn't like about that battle royal was that a guy came out and kicked somebody's shins and then everybody else sucked and everybody else looked like me and my brother in the ring wrestling pretend in the backyard Not 10 everybody. years ago. So uh, with this match, though, I thought that uh, I hated seeing Ray without the mask, but Ray is still great. It's just I was like, oh, man, because I didn't watch WCW, so I was kind of disappointed when I realized Ray wasn't going to have his mask on. Um I was surprised that the I th- I saw this prime time and Kid Romeo and I was the steroids and all that I was like th- and his dance the little dance they were doing Whoa. so when they started wrestling I was actually surprised that they were actually pretty good I've never heard of them ever in my life either one of them I've never seen their faces before never heard of either one of them again Felix for those of you who don't in know the early days of TNA uh, I saw him mm. work quite a bit at the fairgrounds um, really okay. nice guy really sweet guy okay. Well, I, I was, you know, again, I was a very hard WWE guy, didn't watch much WCW, so I had never seen either one of them, and when I saw them at first, I was like, whoa, this is another bad match, you know, and then it's, and I know 2001 WCW is not the greatest, but they weren't that bad. The timing was well, uh, was good, but I thought the only thing that wasn't great was the length of the match. Again, it was a very, very, very long match, which could have been a C, the match could have been a C. I ended up leaning towards the D. I don't know. I might give it a C minus, I think, because, you know, it wasn't much to say about it. It was it was good. They did some good spots. Yeah, I was about at a C, um, C plus. Yeah, honestly, it wasn't me, as bad. So. I, I was expecting an F. When I saw D yeah, yeah. steroided up coming out dancing and pulling down his pants a little bit, I was like, this steroid up, dude, this is going to be terrible. And then he had, they actually all deli- If it was a, actually, if they would have cut the match in half and did the spots that they did and had like a quick little match, probably would have got like a. A C or a B, honestly, because it was a cool little match for the for the cruiserweight tag titles. It was fun, but ended up getting C minus. Ended up getting C minus. Wow. So here we are. We're actually so on this one. We're actually kind of kind of close to the same mark. Kind of close. We just argued, and now we're agreeing. So let's uh let's bump it back over to uh to uh AEW. AEW. We're still on the buy-in. This was the second match. It was Sammy. Uh, Guevara, I, I believe is how you say it. G U E V A R A uh, versus Kip Sabian. Sure. Uh, man, I, I thought this match was really good. The, I mean, I I I, got, I caught flashes of it. Um, you know, when we watched it the first time together, and then I got to you know I watched the whole thing. You know, focused in and took notes uh, the mm-hmm. next the next day. And man, after pay, when I was paying close attention, these guys like I understand why they got the spot. Uh, to to be you know and they weren't just in the battle royal they got the number two spot like these dudes were really solid they looked good they were chiseled they both had good bodies they were small guys but they wrestled a lightweight pace um, so I think this was another thing that they were showing they're like hey we're also gonna feature guys like this in their own spot too I think they did a great job with this pre-show here and I think that these guys did a really good job of if you weren't into the battle royale uh, which I I would argue that the entire crowd was into most of that battle royale. Uh, but if you weren't into it, you probably were into this match. This is a good hype match, uh, one-on-one. Uh, you know, the panda head was a little weird, but I got over it. Um, yeah, man, I mean, it was. It, it, they had some indie spots in there, but, I, but I, this is the thing, man. I feel like some of the indie spots are going to be mainstream spots once they are in the right production and shot the right way and used the right way. So it's like we're saying, oh, yes, it's very indie, and I agree with that. 
But like there is a distinction in independent wrestling that isn't in WWE at all. And that I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying there is something out there that is not even being seen by the mainstream audience. And where you might say it felt indie. Well, then let's try to give that, that indie vibe a shot. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But that's obviously AEW's play because that's what they showed us in these first few matches. Now, you might not like that, but you know what? You tell me. What did you think about Sammy Guevara versus uh, Kip Sabian? You know, they come out. They got the panda thing. They both did look good, um, kind of like the WCW match. I, I wasn't expecting much, but to my surprise, I thought they both delivered. I mean, there was something about – I forget which one it was. I just didn't like the look on his face maybe. I was judging him tremendously. But he surprised me that I did some good spots out of the ring uh, with the guy on the the, the uh, uh, you know the the railing or whatever, and he jumped off and yeah. did a cool thing there. That's yeah, you know it was, yeah, was kind of cool. the indie stuff you're talking about, and you know and and maybe everybody wants to compare AEW to WCW, but you know ECW was more of like indie wrestling back then going mainstream yeah. going mainstream taking indie wrestling that because indie wrestling back then was way more hardcore and they took it mainstream so it's kind of like aew is is mixing everything they're mixing a little bit of wwe a little bit of wcw you could tell with the the dusty finishes that they did and the dusty gimmick matches a little bit of uh ecw and they're gonna blend it all into one and i hope it works don't don't take my criticism for not wanting them. I, I think I'm more critical of them because I do want it to work so bad. I, I really want to watch AEW and, and, and see it succeed. I was actually pleasantly surprised. Maybe this match would have been good to start it off just to show, you know, just a one-on-one match, a really good one-on-one match. But in hind, I mean, really, I think the battle Royal was the best thing to start off. I just didn't like the people in it and how they delivered it. But this match, I thought it was good. Uh, I liked it. Um, uh, grade wise, I give I give it a B almost. I think it was just a really good match. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I watched it a second stars. time. I, don't think I, 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 I watched that, it yeah. a second time, and I well, yeah. I mean, I guess because of what's all to come in this whole show, I'm grading things a little higher. Maybe I don't know. I mean, C plus B. It was, yeah, you know, it was good. I liked it. Let's just say that. Yeah. I liked yeah, it. Yeah. Let's say. That. Yeah, cool. Okay, so now I feel like we're kind of leaning back towards uh, AEW. Actually, we're back to even, you know, because we were kind of giving the edge to to 2001 uh, thus far. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, just all the steroids, man. All right, let's jump back over to the, the nostalgia show. And I don't know if, it, you know, I don't know if you took notes on this, but these Buff Bagwell backstage segments were really awkward and really strange. Uh, Animal without Hawk is weird. And it yeah. just, it felt very, very, very weird to me, especially at this time. Um, dude, Stacy hits the ring, and you can tell she's not comfortable on the mic yet, but good Lord in heaven, Jesus, my Savior, she was wicked hot. Yes. Uh, man, just working it. Um, Stasiak, not so much. The Mecca, meat, whatever you want to call him. Uh, man, the self-tanner on that dude was just terrible. Uh, he was bronzed to the teeth, man, and he should literally have never had a mic ever. Uh, he's got a great, you know, he's a great build. Uh, he yeah. has a great look, and he has a he's a decent wrestler. Not not bad, not good. Very Lex Luger ish, but Luger is actually a better talker than he is, which is should tell you enough. Um, yeah, man. Then we then we jump right into it, it with uh, Stasiak versus Bam Bam. How'd you feel about seeing Bam Bam? I love seeing Bam Bam, but then he had this shirt on, and that was weird. 
Uh, Stasiak sucked. I thought Stacy was the. I honestly was just dreaming. I kind of daydreamed about Stacy for most of the match, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't really pay attention. But one of the best things was that the two matches before this were way too long, and this match was actually a lot shorter. So that saved it, and I gave it a D because of <laughs> Stacy Keebler and that it wasn't too long. And Bam Bam Bigelow is amazing. Yeah, man. I mean, ugh. Stacy is super LFG at this point in life, and it was it was very nice. Uh, I couldn't read music... my handwriting. I'm sorry. Let me cut you off. <laughs> I couldn't read my handwriting on it. I did write sucked as my last note. So <laughs> I didn't like it too much, but I did give it a D. I did write D down. So. Oh, you wrote D. Okay, well, I feel like you've been Debbie Downer on most of this thus far, so that's fair. Uh, man, honestly, I felt like Bam Bam was wearing the shirt because he looked small. I felt like he, he looked smaller than normal. Like, uh, and it was a weird look. Uh, Bam Bam did his absolute best to try to carry that match, though. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, Bam Bam's a solid worker. And to see that guy, I mean, he's better when he's got a great guy to wrestle, for sure. Um, but, I mean, he did his best to, to, to carry it. That being said, it was what it was. And it wasn't great. Uh, you know, Stacy with the distraction and the hairspray into a neck breaker. This was a pretty trash finish, too, which dragged it down even more. Um, yeah, I mean, I gave this one star, and that was just for Stacy. So pretty much a D minus. Yeah. Um, man. So, yeah, so let's jump back over. And we had the main card started off. Uh, again, like the Elite promo was cut short by the start of the pay-per-view. And I feel like they should have planned that a little bit better. Like they could have, they could have done like a... You know, a big. They could have done a shorter promo, and right. I had so many nerves, and well, been like, "Who's ready?" and just get the crowd hype, and then it goes to black, and then the show starts, and they would have had time to exit and make it happen. That was just a slight hiccup, though. That's us right. being nitpicky, honestly. It made me scared, though. It made me scared. Like no, in the I back agree. of my mind, I was like, oh, yeah. "Okay, who's running the show?" I think we even made comments to each other, like, "Okay, who do they have running this thing?" Like, this is they need Billy Kidman time in that show. <laughs> well, it's because, and again, it's because me and you are we're excited for AEW. We want them to succeed. So, so, yeah. it's, so the reason I'm so critical is because I, I I love them and I love Cody Rhodes. Sure. Like I yeah. love him and I love Dust Dude, Dustin Goldust. So like same. I want this. So if you think I'm being critical, it's kind of more of that I want them to succeed so much. And that part really did start scaring me. I really was like, oh, please don't suck. Please don't start. Because, I, you know, that could have led into – who knows? That could have been the next shot was wrong and they're missing cues and they're yeah. not shooting the right angles. So, But they didn't – you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. But I just want to add that in there. At that point, I was like, okay, uh-oh, kind of getting nervous, kind of getting nervous. But it went into black. It came back up and the show actually started fireworks pyro was going and yeah then, i mean it was cool to see the pyro now the singers were terrible the singers were really were bad up. like were, that 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 was kind of a trend from all elite or all in too because that that dude both the national anthems for these shows have been rough like well, either Meltzer, don't do it or like just don't yeah. do it just honestly Meltzer, just don't do it Meltzer said he has strong evidence that vince McMahon was watching the pay-per-view all the way up until they started singing the Star, Star Spangled Banner, and when he realized they weren't doing America the Beautiful, he turned it off. He said, "This is what happened to this. This is America the Beautiful. God damn it!" And he turned it off, and he didn't watch the whole thing. So maybe next time they should just stick to stick to tradition and do America the Beautiful. And uh, maybe Vince will watch. Who knows? You know, maybe. Hey, but uh, you, hey, but you know what? They had Pyro though. 
They didn't have Pyro. Doesn't have that anymore. He does except not for Mania, have Pyro. So I mean, uh, and honestly, dude, it was really good to hear Jr. right off the bat. The initial, oh, okay. the initial feeling was yeah. it was great to hear Jr. I mean, yeah, that was, that was, and yeah. I felt like it was a pretty good call for the team to run down the card. Uh, and honestly, to be totally honest, when you when you have the camera on just the commentators, this is the first the, and the only time that when they're running down the card, it felt good and it felt mm-hmm. like it was supposed to work and. Uh, we'll get to that, but yeah, let's jump right into the first match for uh, for the main card here. Um, that's going to be SCU versus the Stronghearts. Man, yes. I, I mean, these are new guys to me, especially the Stronghearts. Uh, I did know SCU uh, relatively well just from their Ring of Honor days. Uh, the opening promo was a little weird. Like, I, I mean, I understand that you want to get more hype. It's the opening match on the card. You know, the the guys, you know, SCU, I'm sorry, SCU were the people that delivered the promo. And I felt like it was a little strange because they were very heelish, but it was very, they were the babyface team, obviously. Um, they're obviously already showing off their Japan connection right off the bat, though. And I feel like they are, like, you know, I know New Japan has that deal with Ring of Honor, and they've been doing that. Uh, since New Japan has kind of grown into the States in the past couple of years. And I guarantee you when that deal is done, they are going to switch to AEW. And New Japan and AEW will start sharing back and forth. Um, I don't know if you know this, but John Moxley is going to appear at the next New Japan show. So, yes, and, I and just read that today. And it's been confirmed that he signed a multi-year deal with AEW. So I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like we're going to let you cover these indie indie spots and then you know and then you're here full time or if they're like hey jericho omega you know all these guys have have worked with new japan will allow our guys to go to new japan very similar to the way wcw was honestly i mean that's that's who started the new japan thing in the states was wcw to begin with which is cool to see uh but yeah definitely showing off the connection to, to new japan there with the strong hearts here christopher daniels looks phenomenal for his age uh, I mean, he still looks like he's in his prime. He still looks like he is going to have another five-year run in AEW. I hope so. Uh, he's a talent that was always good, even in the early days of TNA, and never really got his shine or his rub. Uh, he's he's a great worker, and I, I love seeing him get over here uh, again. Super cool to hear uh, Jr. call one, you know, one of especially one of Daniels' matches. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really know the guys well, but man, they got me invested in this match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, SCU went over with like their version of a Meltzer driver, which I feel like might play into an immediate feud with with the Young Bucks later down the line because it was kind of like an oh, like you did a Young Bucks finish there and they got the pin. So it might be some subtle like Dusty Road style storytelling there. I really enjoyed this match, man. I gave it three stars. I gave it like a B, wow. B minus to a B to B. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I was so coming off that that uh, camera mess up or not camera mess up, but, you know, cue mess up timing issue, I guess I should say going into the match. Like you said, I was very excited for Jr. He made this feel very legitimate, very big fight feel. It's Jr. talking. You get excited. It's like WrestleMania all of a sudden, you know, all, all that pre-show yeah, stuff. Totally. You get yeah, JR in, it's like exactly what I felt. Yeah. You start getting hype, especially like a Mark like me who loves some good old Jr. I was I was getting into it. The entrances, there was a, a little bit of a sloppy camera thing that I noticed where they went to the wrong entrance and like had a, they did a zoom up, and then they cut away to the crowd, and then they came back, and then after it was that timed up or cute and so close to the time issue with going black the pre-show thing again i'm getting nervous they ended up not having that many issues but i did have that in my notes as 
again, a little bit of issue. Me being that's me being nitpicky, and I was the only reason I'm writing that in my notes now is because I'm seeing it back to back. Ended up not being that much, not not that much of an issue. Like you said, Christopher Daniels in the face. The dude looks exactly like he looked like 10, 15 years ago. He yeah. didn't look that much different. I saw a little bit of his age. A little bit of skin. A little bit of skin. But it's right. not, yeah. Right. But, the, but, he, but, he, but you can tell he, dude, he eats right, man. He's not Chris yeah. Jericho. That yeah. dude is doing everything he can to keep his body in shape. Right. But just hitting the ropes and running, I saw a little bit of old age. But that's going to happen. I mean, you can't hate on somebody for that. So I don't take anything no. away from yeah. it. But just... I, I put a note about his face. The, the only reason I'm bringing that part up about him is because in his face, he looks so young. It's crazy that he is just not really aged that I could see in the face. Um, but there was a little bit in the moves that he was doing and, and stuff like that. I thought there was a great match. There was some really good spots. I thought it was a really good opener to start off the show. Uh, you know, after seeing the whole card, this was the best. They, they placed the matches right. This was the best match to start it off. So I it give was, props yeah. to them to putting this first. Um, I like the finish. Like you said, SCU wins. I gave it a B. I was very happy with nice. it. And, and, I, and I started off being scared, and now I'm back like, you know, I'm seeing a couple issues, and this is my emotions going up and down, up and down. I'm back up. I'm back up with the B. Nice, dude. Nice. So we're definitely leaning, and we were back to even, uh, you know, with Stasiak versus Bam Bam. Uh, and then, you know, compared to this, we got to be, we got to be giving it to the new product, AEW. Yes, uh, back. Yeah, definitely, definitely swinging back. So let's, let's jump right back over. Man, the segments in the back is just, or were just terrible for, oh, God. for WCW Greed. And Elix Skipper just sounds like Tommy Pickles. I mean, he just sounds straight up like a child, like a, an infant. Well, it's, it's weird. It's an awkward voice. Did Poor the guy. Show not so just... sweet. You're the nicest guy. Yeah. Like, did the show not just seem like that they weren't like they didn't know it was almost like they didn't know if they were going to have I don't know the story behind greed, but it was like they didn't have they weren't ready. It was like they didn't know if they were going to have a show. Maybe it's like they kind of just threw this whole pay-per-view to vet, together. Or is that how things were going the last couple years of WCW where they were just kind of throwing well, stuff? I recently just like uh, yesterday I watched uh, the new untold episode on the WWE Network, which is the failed relaunch of WCW and they kind of talk about uh you know all those big rumors about D- Eric Bischoff about to buy the company the so big you kind of got some yeah, 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 yeah. Did you did you watch that episode? No, I just I just know the story. I haven't seen that episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So check out that episode uh, when you get a chance. Everyone should. It was really good. I really love that series, by the way. It's one of the best things that WWE Networks has done since Monday Night War, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, dude, it was it was really cool. Um, man, I. It, it felt a little weird too, though. Like, um, I don't know. I, I I just felt like I see exactly what you're saying. It, it seemed like they they I don't think they thought it was going to end, but they felt like, what are we gonna do? Are we rebranding? Are we gonna change our name? I, I honestly don't think any wrestler that was signed to WCW at the time, because they were still signing wrestlers at that point. Um, I don't think that anyone that was signing thought that the company was going to fold. They just thought someone else was going to buy it. Uh, mm-hmm. Similar to the way it's been in TNA for the past decade. <laughs> I think they've yeah. had like eight owners. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, I, I, I mean I, I'm mean, i not really sure. But man, when we got to this segment here, it was just, it, it wasn't good. And that's going to lead us into the next match, which was Lance Storm and Mike Awesome or Team Canada. This version of Team Canada, which went on in TNA. Uh, but versus Hugh Morris and Conan. Um, 
I'm about to drop some hot knowledge on you guys. Okay. Conan is absolute trash. I don't know why Preach. he gets why he gets the credit that he gets. I mean, I've seen his AAA stuff too because everyone's like, "Oh, CMLL AAA." Like he was like the Hulk Hogan back in the day. And I'm like, "Well, that's. I mean, if we're talking about work rate, that's not a good. That's not a good example to use because I mean, he just always looks sloppy. Like it's almost like he almost feels like to compare it to musician terms since we've been here before. He feels like one of those drummers that like isn't really capable of playing a whole lot but thinks he can play like rush fills and like neil pert stuff like he's like he'll go into like some crazy fill that he can't pull off and then hit the crash like way on the offbeat and thinks that he killed it that's that's conan to me like he'll do these moves they look super sloppy and like he just and then he like gets up and like He's like, yeah, like I killed that. Like, dude, you, you, I don't think he's ever pulled off a good somersault into a clothesline. And that's like one of his big moves. I've seen several nitros, thunders, pay-per-views, whatever. That dude has literally never pulled it off one time crisply. Like he's not good at all to me. So it was a hot start, but like quickly slowed down the minute Conan got in the ring. Like the minute he got in the ring, everything just went to crap. It was just not good. Uh, Awesome bomb got the win. And that was cool. Uh, so I gave that one star for the finish, and that was it. I gave it one star. I really didn't wow. like this match. What did you think about Team Canada versus Conan and mm. Hugh Morris, which is a super mm. weird gimmick, too? Yeah, that's a terrible gimmick, one. And I, classic WCW, because WCW sucked classic. 99% of the time. And uh, uh, 90%, <laughs> 90%, 90%, 90%. I give them 10% solid. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. I thought that was one too many stars that you gave it there. Um, oh. Way too long. And, and this is when I first started realizing they just threw this show together. This, what is this? This, like, the, comment, the, the commentary wasn't able to sell any of these matches. You need the wrestlers to do their job. You need the commentary to do their job. It's Dude, wrestling preach. one-on-one. And we're going to talk about that way more on this show. Right. This was just the shits all around. And then the fact that every match of this card is just way too long. And these were matches obviously thrown together. The commentator doesn't know why they're The wrestlers don't know why they're wrestling. There's no story being told in or outside of the ring. It's a classic crap show. And this is why every time you watch any TW documentary you read from a wcw superstar listen to a chris jericho interview that everybody was phoning it in you talk about conan phoning it in the way conan looked the way he did phoning it in just like everybody else on this whole entire card they were all phoning it in because nobody cared because of the way everybody's contract was structured because of all the cliche and real things and fake things and everything that we know about WCW, from everything that's been put out there, everything was phoned in, and the fact that they were so stupid to have it this long just shows why WCW sucked and went under, and I gave it an F. It was just stupid, dumb, and sucked. Dude, I agree. And, dude, on your commentary point there, too, um, dude, I mean, just moving back over to the other show, man, the three-man booth sucks. Like, then you add another female voice to it already because you're about to have this, uh, this women's match. And, and, dude, that's a bad – it was a bad move. It was a bad move having a fourth person in the booth there. Uh, I mean, everything pre-match here just felt really, really rushed. 
and it felt like it it shouldn't have been th- there was it wasn't even so much that it was rushed so much it was like they gave them designated time between these matches they w- would throw to commentary to have them kind of carry it and it's almost like they had it written down in production in their you know in their in their line sheet how much time was going to be there and throwing to a four man booth here and having try- them trying to set it up that, first of all there wasn't enough time to establish a fourth commentator so if you're going to add someone else here you really need to have this 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 transition period be a little bit longer. And so I felt like it was a bad move adding that fourth voice. Uh, It really seemed, especially in this moment, like JR was the only one that could really handle having something in his ear because (laughs) you can visibly see on camera, Mm -hmm. both the commentator guys like get, 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 you know, shuffled up like, and what an Excalibur even like put his hand on his, on his ear, like he was hearing something and and quit talking mid talk and just stop talking talking mid sentence. It's like, and JR like just, had to pick it up real quick. And honestly, JR is not at a point in his career where he should be doing that because like, yeah. I love him, but he should be in a sparing role or, or you need to cut it back to a two man booth and just let him have the reins and he should be writing the script for the commentary. Right. Cause he'd write himself. Well, that would be fine. Dude, don't do a three man booth. That's where WWE is messing up. Please God, AEW, listen to us. Do not establish a three-man booth. It's a terrible idea. It literally has never worked throughout the history of pro wrestling. Never. Don't use three men. Mm-hmm. Two-man booth is your best way to go. Uh, that's going to carry us right into the match, though. And that was Kylie Ray versus the Dr. Britt Baker uh, versus Nyla Rose. It was supposed to be a triple threat. Man, Brandy Rhodes hits out the entrance and cuts out the surprise entrance to make it a fatal four-way. And it was awesome Kong. Mm. Dude. I popped hard for that. You were there with me. Uh, we mm-hmm. got to watch most of this together before I had to go rescue the little baby. Uh, what did you feel about this uh, this four-way dance here between Kylie Ray, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Awesome Kong? Yeah, man. I just want to touch base on that three-man booth thing. And then, obviously, this is now a four-man booth. But uh, one of my first notes was about that. Please, please, for the love of God, if, can the wrestling gods... Please rain upon thee and put the wisdom wisdom in Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Khan and whoever else needs to know and let JR sit there with whoever you want. It doesn't even matter and let him do his thing because he'll kill it. He'll kill it. We all know it. Back to this match. Awesome Kong. You popped. I don't really know Awesome Kong, but that was cool. No, I know Awesome Kong. I knew who it was, but Daniel cocked. Cock, well, popped. Way more than I did. I thought it was surprisingly, it was a good match. That's that's my note. Surprisingly, a very good match. There was, again, too many people in commentary, and I'm writing it again and again in my notes here. Uh, so in that, and you could definitely, there was times in the commentary where you could see there was just too many people, too much jump, jumbling around. It was crazy. Uh, there was a huge, some huge spots with Awesome Kong. Uh, off the yeah. top of my head, I can't really remember wh- what it was exactly, but I remember there was some sort of huge spot with her. Um, there was there was good near falls, some false finishes that were great. Um, I loved the doctor. What was her name? Uh, Ky- uh, no, Kylie Ray. Uh, right, and then Dr. Britt Baker. Those two were the stars of this match. Absolutely, hundred percent stuck yeah. out to me. So. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker and Kylie Ray were show stealers, and I loved both of them. That was one of my main notes that they they were really you could tell those were the stars, and I could see because women wrestling is different than how it was back in the day. Look at WWE right now, the biggest star 
uh, you know, not even arguably, uh, arguable, uh, Jesus, help me, arguably, <laughs> arguably the biggest star is, there you go, is uh, uh, Becky Lynch. She is the biggest star. You know, there's no question about it. Yeah, look at WWE, arguable. you know? Yeah, she's so you 100% can, the biggest right, star. Sure. You could look at Dr. Britt Baker or Kylie Ray and see they can build this company on top of them. Because Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. You can have women wrestling main event. So yeah, it's no longer you looking at just the men. They could build the company on top of those two stars. I mean, it's crazy that you could say that, but those two are money makers, and I could see them uh, doing a lot with them. Or I could see them going to WWE and making money when AW when A AWA AEW goes under and gets bought by the WWE. Who knows? Uh, that was a Debbie Downer thing to say. I'm sorry. I hope that doesn't happen. But I can see Dr. Britt Baker being very good in the WWE. Anyway. <laughs> you hush your mouth. Man. I'm going to add in, I'm gonna so add what, in on the – What was your overall grade in, here? So for this four-way, what would you think? <laughs> That's what I'm going to add in. Uh, so um, I thought the end – They. So the ending, if you saw it, yeah. was Kylie and, and Britt, right? And yeah. Britt covers Kylie. And Kylie's talking in to Britt's ear. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure I'm saying the people's name right because I'm learning about these people. And you could see her just talking and talking and talking. And that just sucked so much for me. I hated that so much. Seeing her talking while she's getting pinned. Commentary tried to fix it and say, look, she's talking to herself because her gimmick is to be this happy-go-lucky, almost crazy fan of a person that she's yeah. getting slammed and still talking to herself the the commentary didn't fix it they should have not even said anything because it just drew attention to such a crappy spot and i hate that that took so much away from it but i don't want to let that take too much away from it i gave it a c i don't know if that would have saved it to be a b or not but Ooh, wow. that that took a lot from me i mean i didn't notice just, that I really you know, didn't notice that. When they did the replay, they so they replayed the whole finish and they did you they used the other camera angle. Oh, so okay. I liked that they were actually able to go through and use the, the other side. But from that one side, you could totally see her talking, wow. commentary, okay. drawing. It wasn't JR who said it. It was, yeah. you know, Jabron number one. I don't know his name. And totally I think his name was Alex. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Mara. Uh, I can't remember his last name. He, no honestly, hate, no hate on him. I don't. I mean, yeah, no hate, both. no hate, man. Like, dude, honestly, again, like, I, I'm the one giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. So I feel like maybe he was just this. Is, this is obviously the biggest show he's ever been a part of. Uh, it, way more, way more than Jr. and even more than Excalibur, the the masked commentator. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know throw his dong in the dirt. I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, like give an honest critique of the guy. Uh, what was your overall grade again for this one? You uh, was it like a, a C? C? Man, like dude, I love I really enjoyed this match, man. I felt that, like the surprise of Awesome Kong was really cool and I felt like the crowd sold it really well with the big pop. Uh, these ladies can really work, man. And honestly, yeah, I, I agree. I thought the production, like this was the this was the first match that I felt like I really noticed the camera angles and like the actual production side of this. And I was like, man, this is really good. Whoever was directing the show, whoever was the Kevin Dunn of this show deserves a full pat on the back, man. Cause they did a really good job all throughout the show. Uh, all four of these ladies got me really invested. Just great work all the way through. Some really good, like, you know, the the bigger ladies kind of 
you know, they had their big time in the sun and they, they laid out for, for big stretches of the match when they should have. This was a good, well-constructed, you know, four-way match to me. You know, you say that there's like, this might've been too many people, but really like, I feel like they did a really good job with the amount of people that were in it. Like, uh, I mean, there was some, there was some like clunk there, uh, but I felt like they covered up all the clunk and cleaned it up really nicely. They they recovered from any spot that could have been questionable really well. And that, to me, almost raised the grade, Then even if they wouldn't have had it at all, because that almost reminds me of like a throwback, like call it in the ring type 80s, early 90s style, Mr. Perfect style match, you know? Uh, not not that I'm, I'm not saying any of these editions are Mr. Perfect. I'm just saying like that style and that like mentality of going into a match. Uh, I, I'm sure this was probably a one-off for Awesome Kong, or at least I thought it was. But lately, I've seen on Twitter that she's, like, talking about her new theme music and, like, you know, because she's in Glow. She's got a Netflix show. She's an actress now. and But she's, I mean, she's promoting, she's retweeting everything from AEW. Maybe we'll actually see an Awesome Kong run. I hope so because she's phenomenal. She's super, super believable. Is it Like, she is the big show of women to me, the absolute big show. Like, I mean, she is the only one that's ever really pulled that off well to me. Uh, the finish was a little weird. Uh, but it, again, it, I, I wrote it looked really good on the replay. Uh, the the brain buster into the knee I thought could be a really cool uh, spot, and the replay angle they got of it looked really really devastating. So like, I gave this match three and a half stars, dude. I gave this match a B plus. Like, mm. I was really really into it. So I mean, I guess if we're comparing that to, um, you know, Lance Storm and Mike Awesome versus Hugh Morris and Conan, we gotta give the edge to these ladies that busted their ass for AEW, yeah, right? Definitely. 100%. 100%. And then are we bringing it back to the nostalgia? Are we bringing it back to 2001? Where yeah, we're going back uh, to 2001, brother. Sugar Shane Helms. Ooh, take me there, baby. Take me there. Versus Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, Man, buddy. Let me tell you how I felt about it. I think you're going to be surprised here, Mr. Anti-WCW over here in the in the left corner. Cast the KG. Cast the kid. Okay. Is it uncaged? It's uncaged a little bit, I will oh, say. I, wow. I, I, they gave me some uh, bamboo, and I ate it, and I snuggled it up, and I calmed down. Because I'm a... That was in that in that scenario, I was like a, a bear in a cage. Okay, anyway. Uh, started off... Sure. Yes. Started off uh, good mat wrestling. I liked so I loved seeing Shane Helms because I love the Hurricane and the WWE. I'm a big Hurricane fan. Hurricane was amazing with his Horror Slam, and uh, I did a lot of my wrestling that I tried to do uh, later in life. Was I, I took a lot from Hurricane. I stole a lot from him. I, I love the Hurricane, um, and they did some great mat wrestling. I think a young Hurricane Shane Helms. Obviously, I know Chavo being a third generation was would be amazing, and I saw Chavo in the WWE, and I knew he would be amazing, but seeing a young Chavo and a young Shane Helms, seeing them work so well at that young of age, they did the beginning classic, start off doing some mat wrestling, challenge each other with some mat moves, and then they turned it into challenging each other in submission moves, telling a story. They, everybody else that wrestled before them in this WCW card should have been watching the monitor, and I can guarantee you none of them were because these two, you know, I wouldn't say rookies, definitely not Chavo, but maybe Shane was a rookie back then. I mean, they were putting on a great match. They started off, like I said, 
doing this mat wrestling. Who's better at mat? Who's better, you know, getting one over on the other, throwing another one down, slamming another one down. Then they turned it into who can put the submission on each other. I mean, they're telling a story in the ring. I mean, this was this was some good stuff. This is how you do a match. People today, AEW, WWE should watch this match. And this is how you have a match. This is how you have a match that doesn't matter. This is how you have a match that you were thrown into for a pay-per-view that you know sucks that you know you have no reason being there, that you were given some half-assed reason to be in the match. Um, at least this match had the championship in it. So they had Agreed. that, you know, when you when you don't have a reason, say it's for the championship, you know. But there was no story leading up to this. Not that they told us about. They didn't, they didn't tell us that there was a lot going on. But I like that they were able to tell this really cool story. Um, every, they were both really good. At, Shane was amazing at selling amazing at selling and my main my main note was that they were telling this story that i've been talking about that did go a little too long if i'm gonna be negative i mean Mm. jesus this whole show every match just went long every match was way even this match that i was really enjoying went way too long i I just don't feel like that's the case i don't feel like how that's possible just because i mean the amount of matches on this card and it was only a two-hour show like no it's a three-hour show oh it was a three-hour show no it was was like two hours and some change it wasn't a full three hours it was 256 no no i think it was like 226 or 236 we're on record right now brother watch what you say we're on record. okay all right i will look it up i'm gonna look at keep keep going i'm gonna look it up wwe network i remember it almost being three hours and it felt long. All the matches were going long, especially this one. When I thought it should end, it went on for another 10 minutes. But I gave it a B. I gave Shane Helms, Sugar Shane Helms, versus Chavo Guerrero in WCW Greed 2001 a B. I think I should get commended on that because I hate on WCW all the time. No, I'm kidding. I did like the match. I thought it was great. I gave it a B. You're what did right. You it was three hours. You're right. It was three hours. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean... No. But that's probably why. I mean, they had 11 matches in three hours. Um, that's, so that's you know. And the yeah. only thing in between was some weird documentary documentary footage with Buff Bagwell and Ric yeah, Flair. Yeah, bad. Awkward. That was pretty, yeah. pretty awkward, I agree. Bad. And uh, honestly, I though, yeah. You. What'd you think? Uh, dude, I, I, I'm pretty close to the same grade. I, I, again, man, like, I, I love Shane. I think he's a fantastic guy. Um, you know, in 2017, WrestleMania 33, me and my, my buddy Nixon, we got a chance to go down uh, and hang out at WrestleMania um, with Jeff Hardy. Um, and it's one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And I'll be forever grateful to Jeff Hardy and his family. And one of we went to a party after uh, the, the WrestleMania card um, at the hotel and Shane, it was Shane's room uh, that we went to. And he was very, it was not, you know, he's never, he doesn't know me. I'm pretty much just some Mark to him at this point. And he was very, very, very kind to me. Uh, You know, held a conversation with me when he didn't have to a very nice guy. So I've always kind of have a sweet spot for Shane since then, but to be totally honest, man, dude, in my opinion, like physically, this is the best Shane has ever looked in his career. He looked like a star. Like, I mean, he was had his body was just, ripped like i mean i don't think he only wore these trunks in wwe a couple times at most uh and he, I don't he, think he ever looked, did he was killing it man he had the whole like boy band entrance too with all the nitro girls coming out in front of him i thought it was really cool uh man and chavo was in the prime of his career at this point man i mean even more than during the smackdown days when he had some great matches there too but man he was he looked phenomenal as well honestly dude Chavo would be a Hall of Famer if Eddie wasn't a thing. 
If Eddie hadn't happened, Chavo would have been a Hall of Famer. I honestly believe that. Uh, it, it really sucks that you know Eddie was his uncle because it's hard to sell him as a Hall of Famer now because he's Eddie Guerrero's in the same in the same conversation every time you bring up his name. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, both guys looked great. The chain wrestling was phenomenal. I mean, even better than anything you see today, including NXT or Ring of Honor or whatever. Like those guys could kind of bring in that old school, uh, you know, late 80s, early 90s chain wrestling and adapt it to a more modern or even modern for that time, Lucha Libre kind of style. And I thought it was great. It definitely match of the night on this show, in my opinion. A true uh, some, diamond in the rough match, right? Dude, I mean, absolutely. this is a true diamond in the rough dude, for people you, that are if, searching. Sorry, so if you guys are listening to the show and you haven't, like, if you're just looking for a cool match to watch and you, it's some a deep cut you want to you watch, go watch Sugar Shane Helms versus Chavo Carrero from 2001. Never expect you will not be disappointed. You I mean, will enjoy should, this match. We're telling you to go watch. And everybody who listens to me knows that. I, I mean, listen. Sugar Shane Helms, I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. It's a good match. It's it's great a match. match. It was a great I match. It's a Shane goes diamond. over after a vertebraker that looked sick but safe. Chavo took it well. He knew what he was doing because he's a Lucha Libre guy. He didn't take it like on the absolute back of his neck. He knew to kind of do a little bit of an ab curl and take it on his shoulders. He took it safely. Not everybody can take that move, so I understand why they don't use it because independent guys are idiots and they shouldn't let, allow it if, unless you know how to take it. But that move was executed perfectly in this instance and honestly added to the rating. I gave it four stars, like so a B-plus to an A. I mean, what a really good, really, really, really good match. I really enjoyed this match. Let's go ahead and jump back over to AEW's Double or Nothing, though, man. Um, yeah. This one, I feel like you might not give a, a great rating to, and I honestly didn't really either. Uh, but let's just go ahead and, 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 and hit your thoughts on the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta versus Jack Evans and Angelico. Yeah, you know, I was really disappointed with Chuck Taylor, uh, how out of shape he was. You know, I don't know how long he knew he was going to be in this match for, but he was very, very out of shape. You know, you laughed at me because you knew who Trent uh, what Breda was. I didn't know who that was. I didn't know that he's been a jobber for the WWE. But I thought Trent's look was amazing. I thought his skill and and his it just his look in general. He looked like a star. I mean, yeah, he he had a, he was a good looking guy. You know, you know, I'm a guy. I could say it. He he had some very good looks. You know, in the face and the body, he was very built. He was tall. That's somebody I feel like you can make a star. Now, I know yeah. once you've kind of made your face known and you become kind of a, a jabron, it's kind of hard to get out of it. So I understand. Jinder but Mahal. I, right. There, well, there you go. He he went, he went broke through. So I feel like Trent's a guy that in AEW, you can build off that guy. And that was yeah. my first comment to you sitting on the couch. I was like, I didn't know who he was. But then I looked him up and I remembered who he was and I thought it was hilarious. But – at first, I didn't know who he was, and my first thought was, man, this guy's good. And his, and his in-ring work was polished. You could tell he's been doing it for a while. He had no—there was nothing. Chuck Taylor, I felt like, was good, but you could tell he was one step off because he was so out of shape. I don't know if that guy's going through some issues, but I don't want to speculate because that's that's not my part, and that's disrespectful. But I could tell you that his, his body looked terrible, and to have this opportunity— for your dream and you're going to look that bad. I don't know how much time he's had, but if he didn't if he didn't have that much time, I understand, but he needs to get on it. If you're wrestling for AEW, this is 
without ever having a show, they're automatically the number two wrestling company in the nation, overcoming TNA, OVW, everybody. They already trumped them just by being hyped. So you should have been on point, I thought. I thought he looked like crap. He looked fat. That was most of my notes. It was terrible. He took so much away. thought Trent looked good. I thought the other two guys looked like way too indie. It was pretty much Trent versus Trent with an indie team partner and then two other guys, Evans and whatever, Angelico. Uh, this bodysuit looked way too skinny in it. Didn't like his look. Mm. Didn't like the way they wrestled. I didn't. Mm. I thought the way they wrestled was trash. Ooh. I thought they looked very indie. Now. I did. I thought it was trash. Uh, I thought Indy's the way the they right wrestled word. was. Uh, both guys are okay. Uh, so what was your overall rating? Thought, I thought they looked like how skinny he was with his bodysuit and Jack Evans how they wrestled. I thought it was very just, uh, just indie wrestling that I see in the in. Whatever. I thought it was bad. I thought Trent was the only one that looked like he should be on a show like AEW. I thought the I, I thought there should have been four Trents instead of one Trent and then three guys that looked like they just needed to be there because they didn't have anybody else to be in the match. And that's honestly what I felt like. That's honestly what I felt. I thought everything else was not that great. It was I don't even know what to grade it. I really don't know what to maybe a D. Because of the effort that everybody put in, other than Chuck Taylor, I don't think he put in any effort, honestly. Wow. All right, man. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, as far as Chuck Taylor goes, I'm on the exact same page with you. Uh, again, I know you're not an indie guy or a New Japan guy, but uh, Trent Beretta used to be in a tag team called Rapungi Vice, and they were a phenomenal tag team. And I would have much rather seen that team versus Jack Evans and Janelico. I just, I'm not a fan of Chuck Taylor. I've seen his indie work too, and I. He's always looked the same, and he doesn't. He's just not. I don't think he's that good. I don't. I think he's just kind of friends with the right people. I don't. I really just. Yeah, I don't think he's very good at all. Um, he, he kind of looks like that guy that works an insurance job and then gets drunk and takes his shirt off at like Broadway bars. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he looks like that guy. Like he looks like the guy that wears like polos and khakis and then goes out on a Thursday night yeah. for like ladies' night and then gets drunk and takes his shirt off and goes home in an Uber by himself. Like he just looks like a sad guy. Like. Yeah, he I mean, threatens bro, a couple people Chuck, to we're fight. We're burying you, dude, and it's, not, and it's honestly, it's not because of your work rate. It's because of how terribly you take care of your body. Like, this is 2019. Yeah. You, you, I mean, go to the gym, dude. Eat right. Like, get, count your macros. Like, wh- whatever it is you have to do, like, just, it's it's really not as hard as people make it out to be, especially not in this day and age. Like, it, it's sad that you look the way you look. Like, stop trying to pull up your tights all the time to hide your, your rollover. Like, it was it was rough, man. Um. Yeah, I mean, either way, Beretta did look like he looked like a star, and he took most of the heat. Uh, Taylor got a hot tag moment, which I thought was wasted. Maybe they tried to give him that because he, they, everyone knew he looked kind of rough. Um, I don't know, but this was straight up a high spot match, and that's okay. Uh, it's not really my style. Uh, it's a nice change of pace. Angelico was also in Lucha Underground, which got a big buzz in like 2015, 2016. Uh, they kind of had that soap opera show that was on. Um, uh, El Rey, uh, and then it was on Netflix. It was it was a great show. If you, if you watched it, it was very episodic, like an actual TV show. It was like Lost, but wrestling, which is real weird. Very like sci-fi and like kind of weird, mysterious angles. But there was some good stuff there. And Angelico had some really good matches there. Um, uh, triple, uh, they they uh, Jack Evans and Angelico were both you know they were Triple A champions. Uh, uh, Jr. touched on that a lot in the commentary. Um, they but they have wrestled in Mexico, you know, in front of. They're not necessarily indie guys. They're more, I would say, Lucha Libre guys, which is very similar style. 
a lot of indie guys try to pull that lucha style. Uh, I understand exactly what you were talking about, but I mean, there was a cool stuffed finish from the from the best friends. Like I liked that kind of like packaged tombstone inverted tombstone thing. With, I did like, the like stuff. that. That was cool. Like, like yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the post match stuff happened too, and that was weird. Right, uh, lights like go the, off. Yeah, and, and and the commentary did not help the situation at all. Like, the, right. like when when the lights go out and they're and the, even the commentary guys are like, "Uh, who is this?" Like, that was a miss. That was a big miss for AEW, man. Like, you guys really should have scripted that better. You should have informed your commentary. I know you were trying to get organic reactions from your commentary, but this is where you really messed up because you gave. You gave these guys that I literally still don't know their names. You gave them a really good spot with the lights out and the lights back on, lights off again. And you gave them like a bunch of indie workers and the similar masks and like tried to pull off this cool angle. And you didn't even have your commentators informed. How how else are you going to get that angle over without your commentators knowing what's what's going to happen? And maybe that's just you know it's the first show. This is a mistake. They recognize they made a mistake. They should have informed their commentators better. I hope so. I hope we don't see that ever happen again because it felt very hokey when the commentators don't know what's happening and they're not selling it, then it looks like a cartoon. Then you look like WWE's main event or you look like SmackDown first hour where it's all PG. You know what I'm saying? Like you look Mm -hmm. very what you don't want to look like. You look like something just happened that makes no sense and it's not going to lead to anything. You look like what you're trying to rebel against with with WWE. And so I felt like it was very hokey. Uh, The crowd was even chanting, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Like, that's that's not, you never want that. Uh, it really took away from the whole product of the match for me. And if you watch or listen to the show at all, you know that I take the entire thing as one match. So I ended up giving this match one star because of all the hokey finish and because of Chuck Taylor. Uh, and not because Trent Beretta didn't work hard, not because Angelico Jack Evans didn't have some really, really cool double team moves. But yeah, one and a half stars for me because it just mm. wasn't very good. Um, so that being said, now I feel like we're kind of back to even after giving, you know, Sugar Shane that rub yep. there. Uh, do you want to jump back over to, uh, to 2001 and, yeah. and kind of keep us rolling here? Yeah. Sugar Shane and, and Chavo, and Chavo Guerrero kind of even things out because of the crappy match that they had on AEW there. But, you know, don't hold your breath because we're back to Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell. Versus Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. And oh boy, oh boy, I don't think we need to say much here. Oh, not only that, but for the WCW tag team titles. For the WCW tag titles, the most prestigious tag team titles of all time, but not really. I don't think we need to say anything more than who is in the match. But not only did they book this match, They thought it was a good idea for Lex Luger, who is notorious for not being great on the mic, to come out and just have his time as much as he wanted. Because obviously, like we had discussed earlier, it's a three-hour show. They're trying to fill in the gaps, and he's out talking. Because they knew they weren't going to be able to have a match. The match ended up being just a squash match finish. So they talked and talked and talked and talked and talked, and then talked a little bit more. And then... Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare, who looked like two goons, came out, who looked very tall and muscular, but the hair and everything, I mean, no personality, no charisma in either one of those men. I mean, literally, they are the epitome of no charisma in wrestling. Great bodies, great look, no charisma. It was a squash match. They ended up, I liked the idea of 
Lex and Buff being very overconfident and then losing. So, I mean, I guess that was kind of cool, but how long it took to get there. And then the whole point of the whole show was like a documentary with Lex and Buff. And I guess Rick, the whole point was the Ric Flair match later, but I don't know that whole documentary thing. And then this here, nothing really, they didn't tie this part into it. So they didn't really have a story that worked for the pay-per-view. A pay-per-view should tell a story. A whole wrestling show should have a story that's told in a beginning, a middle, and an end, and they didn't do it. It was just, I hate to say it, but another F. I mean, I don't hate to say it because I don't like WCW, so it was another F. What did you think about Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell versus Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare for the World Championship Wrestling Tag Title? Man, to be okay, so to be honest... So after yeah, after that god awful atrocious opening promo, I was really worried because everything else I agree was a little long in these matches that the match was gonna run long, but it was quick. And the and dude and honestly, Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger doing the job here to me was impressive. At the I mean like don't get me wrong, I, I mean this match got this match got a C minus for me to a D plus. It was but it was passable just because dude all they did was talk. And then Lex Luger, notorious guy for not doing jobs, notorious problem, Buff Bagwell, notorious problem, went in, and you have to think of it at the time. This is 2001, still WCW's independent. They still gonna they they still think they're gonna keep going. They had no idea WWE's about to buy them, and they put over quickly, almost like a big run-in babyface squash for O'Hare and Palumbo. So to me. I gotta give him a little bit of leeway, and when and when Palumbo and O'Hare hit the ring, they looked like stars. So trying to put myself in that mindset, having not known who, what they became and the flops they became, or at least one of them became, uh, and the other one became really mediocre at best. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I I actually ended up giving this match one and a half stars. So like, I would give it like a C minus because because it was quick because I didn't have to see. Lex Luger fumble around the ring because I didn't have to see Buff just talk about himself into the camera like he always does in WCW. That it was just, they just laid down and did the job. I gave it one and a half stars. So, I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess that brings us, does that bring us back over or was that the comparison no. here for? I think, uh, yeah, well, that brings us back over. Brings us back over indeed to. Uh, AEW, yeah, which yeah, I don't know if you want to, yeah. I don't know if you want to say the names, but it's Rihu and uh, Rio, right? Versus Team versus Ryo. Versus, dude, okay, so this is okay. a six-woman Japanese okay. tag match. That's what this was. Okay. Six-woman right. Japanese tag. Help me out here on the names. Do you know dude, the names? I have, no? Oh, I have no names. Like that's the problem. Okay. Like they were Japanese. Yeah. Okay, so Japanese. we're talking. About, uh, I know one. We're I know one. The match though. So hold on. I know uh, team, let me say it, Aja and Emi Sekata and uh, Riho and Rijo. Uh, and it was very good interested by all of them. Um, and that wasn't racist. So don't worry about it. Um, I thought the interests were way too long. And it took a lot from this. I thought this was very Japanese, very Japanese. It was, it was for sure. Little bit, of, I liked a little bit of it. I liked a little bit of the uh, how Japanese it was. I liked it, but a little, it was a little too much. Um, they were throwing some potatoes out there. They were doing that Japanese, you know, that hard style. They were, they were going at it. Um, 
I just there was I'm so I'm so sorry. Let me let me speak. There was something about it that was just bad because of how it just didn't make sense. I thought there was one girl that was very cute in there and she had been wrestling for a long time. She was so young. Other than that, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, the what did you think? I, I, there was not – I don't know what to say. It was just – it was kind of a hodge – it was a hodgepodge of women I mean, I mean, Japanese uh, wrestlers. I don't okay, know. So, 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 again, going up against, like, O'Hare and Luger and Bagwell, I felt like this was almost the same thing. Because, like – okay, look. This is my vibe. Like, I get that, that, that the elite is pretty much based off of a New Japan idea. Like, all these guys – came from the New Japan world. Uh, at least that's how they all got together. Uh, but if you want, you know, if people wanted more Japanese wrestling, they can just watch New Japan. Like, you know, since 2015, it's been blowing up. New Japan world is a thing that you can subscribe to. If you have Google Chrome, you can translate everything and you can watch everything in English. Uh, I mean, they even have, like, English commentators on most of this stuff. Like, And so for me, it's like, I'm not a really big fan of New Japan. I know that a lot of indie guys and a lot of like a lot of of wrestling fans are super into New Japan and in the Japan style. I know that Meltzer is super into Japan and that pro wrestling style, but that's that's not me. That's not my vibe at all. Uh, but I, did I mean, you? But did you see there was like a spot where the team in one corner was supposed to get held by the other? So you know when there's a pin and a tag team match. That that is very Japanese. Right. That's what I'm you saying. You saw they, that they where they're like lot holding them. And they yeah. weren't really holding them. That was stupid. Then they there was do that a lot. In Japan somebody was supposed matches, to, yeah, and somebody was supposed to break up the pin, and the referee went one, two, and just awkwardly held her hand up yeah. for everyone no, to see before she hit the three. Yeah, that stuff, that was bad. This is not Japan. This is America, and that was bad for a I wrestling. Mean, I, I, okay, okay, took I everything hate, away. I that took the match. everything away. Like, uh, okay, I don't think it took everything away just because I have watched a few, like, a few more Japanese shows, I feel like, and that's very common in tag matches over there. Not just with women, like, they just, that's just what they do. And it makes sense, if you think about it logically, for the te- the partner to come in and hold the other guy to, to, to keep him from breaking it up. So that made sense, but you gotta kind of inform the referee of those spots or else it's gonna look really weird. So, yeah, I mean, they kind of fumbled a little bit on that, but you know what? I saw a legit pile driver for the first time in years, and that made me pop. When Aja Kong gave that pile driver, I was into that. Like I was like, "Yo, I've missed the pile driver. I think it's a great move." And it sucks that it's banned because, like, you can—I mean, come on—you guys can easily train people to, to take that. Like, so would you give it? Would you give the match? I mean, I thought the match was—I mean, there was some little snags here and there on the timing. Um, there was some obvious fumbling there with the production on the finish too. How like you know the music cued before, but uh, honestly to give the referee some props, like they close up on the referee and she was like, no, that was too. Like she she held it firm and mm-hmm. she definitely put the heat on the production. Like no, you guys rang the bell wrong. I did not count three. And like the crowd. Oh, that's was later. Giving, that's like, that's that's the later, not the one where she held her hand up, but later she did a one. Oh, like this two. Is the actual finished. Right, and then they right. Like playing somebody's music, and she was like, "No," right. and shaking her head. That was, was cool. Like, like, I, I like. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, yeah. I honestly felt like it almost added to the like. It was right. obviously a fumble, but right. I feel like it kind of helped the match. Uh, yeah. I mean, I give the match two stars. It wasn't. It wasn't a dud. It was. I'd say a a, a D plus, a C minus. Took it from an F, from a D. I took yeah, it from yeah, an yeah. F to be a D because yeah, and honestly, there, there, was was, a, there was so much bad in it, but that I liked, and I liked a lot that that little. The little I hate to be such 
say uh, she to me she was the cute one with the skirt and she was the young one who had been a wrestler for a while um she was cool she added to it for me and then that finish was cool i really like that so yeah for me that was also also a d so i will agree with you there on on it being a d so i don't know where we end on comparing them but we can always you know touch back on on the whole comparing at the end but i do know that wcw the next match was conan versus the cat and i'd love to hear what you think uh is so great about conan versus the cat or not conan canyon canyon, canyon. Man. who better than canyon who's better than oh. canyon you tell me the cat or canyon tell me what you thought on this match i mean I canyon's really 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 trying to carry this match though I mean, he can only carry it so far. That's some dead weight on his back. Uh, that dude is all, Ernest Miller is all gimmick. That dude is all gimmick, and he's just he is he's just not gonna. I mean, even with a guy that can pull off a lot of stuff in the ring, and Canyon can. If you look up his career, he most certainly can. Uh, but dude, I mean, Ernest Miller was blown up early on. Uh, I, I, I mean, I just wasn't a fan of this one. Miller goes over after a bunch of gaga and crap to, for a finish. It was just, I did not enjoy this match at all. Uh, I gave it half of a star uh, just because I could see Canyon trying so hard to get a match out of Ernest Miller. And it was, I mean, it was it was painful to watch, dude. I mean, what did you think about the match? That is so nice and nice of you to say. I thought it was boring. And again, the... The uh, the word of the night, long, way too long. It was too long for sure. This one and felt. Was, this was the first one that really felt longer to me. I know you said that on every match, right. but this was the first one that really felt like dragging to me. Well, even the matches that I liked, I mean, I gave a match a B, and I felt like it was way too long. So I'm not just killing every match, but I am saying every match is long. This one felt. This is when it felt like match after match. What are they doing out there? Why are they out? Here? This is where I really was at the peak of WCW. Just didn't even know they were just. They were like, "What do we do? We got to have matches. Throw, uh, throw Canyon and the Cat out there, and we'll we'll tell the people why." It just felt very bad. I hate to give another F in a row. This is probably a record for for our show, but this is another F. Bunch of Fs in a row, but I'm giving it an F. I have to. I have to give her an F, but I know what's not an F. I know it's not an F, and that's the Ooh. next match on AEW. Double or nothing. Are we ready? Are you guys ready for I this? Because I don't know if I was ready to see this, but when I, I saw it, it changed my life. Honestly, it really did. It really, it, it legitimately changed my life because I haven't seen something like this in a long time. Now, now let's. All right, before before we get too deep, before you even get to these entrances. Let's just talk about this. I know we touched on it earlier, but man, like every time between matches that you cut to the commentary team, they fumbled a lot. Like it was just mm. honestly, man, if the commentary team had been produced better, this entire show would have been a much bigger sell. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the show was a success for sure, but I think that it would have been so much better if that one small detail had been fixed, if the commentary had been way more informed about everything that was happening, it would have been significantly better because it just felt like they were fumbling over each other every single time you gave them ad lib time. And it was rough, man. But then you cut back to the production and the hype for the match. You know, you get the, the opening package and the production was fantastic. Uh, the package for this was was just 
really good. Uh, the song wasn't my favorite, but it fit the vibe really well. Um, man, I'm going to jump right into it if you don't mind. I'm just going to take Do this it. away. Cody Do versus it. Dustin. Whew. So I thought the, uh, the, the entrance bashing the throne was dope. I mean, I, I get that, like, it, you know, I understand why people be like, oh, that's hokey. They're taking a shot. Like, dude. It's their first pay per view. They're, they're they're trying to be they're trying to be the rival. They're hoping to get there, and and it's Cody. Like he's had this gimmick since he came to the Indies. This is not a new thing for him. He's been taking shots at WWE before AEW. It's this is not new, and it's not going to stop. He's going to continue doing this. Like, and I thought they did it really well. Uh, I mean, it was hokey. Sure, it was hokey. It was very uh, kayfabe generation ish. It was very dusty style. Uh, but I loved it for that. I mean, I felt like it it was very WCW-esque, but I, in, that, that, I enjoyed that. I mean, Cody Rhodes is a star, period. Like, I mean, all right, if, if we want to get down to brass tacks, the reason why everyone is here, the reason why there is an AEW, the reason why we are so hyped for this, it's not because of the Young Bucks. It's not because of Kenny Omega. They could have stayed in New Japan and had an entire career. The reason why we're talking about this right now is because of Cody Rhodes, 150%. So that dude being here in general is everything I needed to see. And I heard all the marks say, oh, that dude's a WWE system guy. He's not going to get over on the indies. He, he should go to Ring of Honor or Impact. He'd have a better, he'd have a better chance there because he can't wrestle with like actual wrestlers. He's not able to do the, the spots that New Japan guys can do. And to me, Cody Rhodes, I want, you to, I, want you to, I want you to dial in now. I want you to turn the volume up in your car as you're, as you're listening to this, okay? Cody Rhodes is the most entertaining wrestler to watch in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Now, notice that I didn't say he's the best wrestler in the world. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that he is the, he's going to go out there and have a clinic, but he is the most entertaining, most emotionally invested wrestler in the world right now. Okay, I just give a five-star match to Rollins and AJ Styles at their last pay-per-view. So I think WWE is fine. You know, everyone talking about, we're going to touch on this at the end of the show. Everyone talking about AEW and the war. We'll get there. But, dude, Cody Rhodes, for emotional value, for a Dusty Rhodes-style wrestler that puts everything on the storyline and makes you so emotionally invested in his matches, Cody has that it factor, man. And this match did not disappoint in that area. Dude, he, this, this dude is just phenomenal. I, di- I didn't really like Dustin's paint, though. I, di- I didn't like the-, the paint coming out. I'd rather him just be the natural and, like, black trunks and, like, those cowboy white boots be the natural Dustin Rhodes from the WCW days. Be your brother. You know, be your brother's, like, enemy here. Like, g- I mean, I understand why you do the half-paint thing, but then at the same time, like, to me, if you're going to do the half-paint thing, you should have done it gold, but I-, I understand you're afraid of, like, getting sued for that, so... That's I get that, but like either do that paint or don't do paint at all. That was my only takeaway. Literally my only negative thing other than the blood. Uh, I mean, it, it was what it was. I would, I, I, man, the the blood was. It was a good point. It was cool to see that kind of vibe again. And honestly, seeing the uncomfortable looks on the fans' faces as a TV consumer added to the match a lot, a lot. Uh, I mean. Yeah, did, did, was it was it too much? Yes, it was. Did it make me feel uncomfortable? Yes, it did. But I, was that the actual point from them? I think it was. I really do think it was. And I love this match. I mean, twenty percent less blood. 
just a little bit less. But, well, you know, 20% less blood. A few shots of not an actual waterfall coming out of his noggin uh, would have been nice. But 20% less blood, and this is a five-star match. A five-star match. Uh, Cody goes over with the crossroads after, like, a couple false finishes. They did it really well. Dustin didn't even miss a step when he was gushing blood. He kept all of his spots in tempo. Everything moved smoothly. They had good, good breath, good air between spots for people to breathe and react and get hype. Like, great match, man. Four and three-quarter stars, only a quarter star off from a five-star match, and it was just because it was too much blood. Cass, I know I gave a long symposium on that, but take it away. What do you feel about the Rhodes brothers tearing it down at Double or Nothing? Man, to back it all the way up to the start, I, I, I really like the package as you did. I actually like the song. I thought it felt uh, fit well with it. I like the shots that they did. I like the little, you know, Dustin putting things away in the trunk. You know, it was very foreshadowing. Absolutely. Very good. That was very cool. I liked, uh, you know, I liked, I liked Cody's entrance. I liked mocking Triple H. I dug that. That was awesome. That was, you know, felt like shots fired. Felt like we're it not felt afraid. Very Monday Night War. It felt yeah, it was like, Monday listen, we're not yeah. afraid to mention the other guy. We know they're not. We know they're afraid to do it, but we're gonna mention the other guy. That was really cool. Referee Earl Hebner. Amazing seeing him. That makes everything better in my book. I'm a mark. I love Earl Hebner. He, you know, it was kind of sad to see how kind of slow he was to get down for the count. And it's like he just was off a step. But man, I know if I was starting my own wrestling company, I'd get Earl Hebner to be my referee and match yep. my match with my brother. So I love that. I could just tell there's things that Cody has that I have that. It's just good. It's like I'm living it through somebody else. You know, I didn't get to do it, but he's doing it, and that's freaking awesome. Uh, you know, it all comes down to the blood. I thought they told a good story, and I thought the match was going so great up until the blood. I thought the blood slowed a lot down. Everything kind of stopped because I think there was way more blood than they were anticipating. I think they were expecting – obviously, he did it himself. He did the blade job, and he was expecting some juice. But I think there was a little bit more juice than he was uh, anticipating there. Probably. And you that. could tell that they both kind of slowed down and were trying to to readjust maybe. It was very apparent they were readjusting. I think they ended up going back into what they were planning on doing – I don't know if they cut anything out. I think they probably, from the looks of it, cut a couple things out because of how all of a sudden it came to a halt and just the match kind of got a lot slower. Not just kind of slow because of the blood. It got a lot slower. And that was just the main fact that it was like a hose was turned on and the blow was coming out. The fact that Goldie Hawn, my boy Gold Dust, Dustin Road, was able to just keep going and not give up and not quit and, and and just they finished and they did everything they were going to to do and you know I, I loved it I loved the end it was an amazing match it's funny I don't know if you you saw the interview after the match with yeah. Dustin dude and all those interviews was were there. so good yeah yeah Dustin was actually taken so Gold Dust I'm gonna call him Gold Dust so Gold Dust was taking off his boots. He was going to hang him up right there. I don't know if he was pulling our leg and working us in this interview, but he seemed very genuine and and gold dust isn't no, the genuine. Best. I mean the the merch yeah. the, the merch they had there for him said one last ride on the back right. of it. Right. So, and 
and I, and I've been following Goldust for a long time. He's not the best actor, especially right. when he's not in the Goldust game. Now, don't get me wrong. When he's Goldust and doing the whole Goldust game, he could kill it. But he's not the type of person that can kind of pull your leg. He, You could tell when he's genuine. He was 100% genuine saying he was taking off his boots. If you didn't hear the interview, he was taking off. He was in the middle of taking off his boots after the match. Um, Cody goes over. After the match, he's taking off his boots. Cody comes in, says, I need a tag team partner. And I wanted to be my brother. And then they cry and they hug. And it's like a great moment. I, I was fighting back to if Daniel wasn't, if Daniel wasn't sitting next to me, I'd have been crying like a baby, but he was oh, we sitting, had tears. Yeah. yeah I was, was I was, tears. well, yeah. I, I, my eyes were very watery and it was uh, it was a great moment. And it, it was very cool to hear later that gold dust didn't know that was going to happen. He was in the middle of taking off his boots. I do feel like that would have been a great moment for him to hang up the boots and end it right there. Now I don't know really for him how he's going to end his career, but I love. I'm actually glad because I love Goldust. He's one of my favorites. He's. I don't care what anybody says. Goldust is one of my favorites of all time. And like my personal, he's like top ten. And I know that's crazy to some people, but I love Goldust just because he's from that era and he'll always have a place in my heart. So I, I'm glad he didn't hang him up right there. I'm glad I'm I at agree. least gonna see him one more time. I, I actually gave the match an A. It would have gotten an A plus plus five stars, um, but it didn't because of all the blood and how much it slowed down and just they were having such a good match up until the water flow of blood. Um, but it's still got an A in my book. But Dude, my grade, think, yeah, my grades are a little different. So an A doesn't necessarily mean you know perfect. It was an Dude, A. I agree. Good, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree, man. And I and I feel like, dude, that like. You know, that guy's got a lot less than the tank. I think he showed us that now. I mean, look at Dusty Rose's career. I mean, look at, like, dude, these, if you book him right, you can get a couple more years out of Dustin. I don't know if he wants that. Maybe he just wants to be a, a road agent for AEW. And, and you know, they, they probably they probably need agents. You yeah. know, once they start doing weekly weekly TV, you know, they're, they're going to need agents, you know. So, I mean, he, he'd be great for that. He's going to be a great role there. Dean Malenko is already signed on to be a road agent there. That's going to be great. I'm sure Arn Anderson will be there soon. I'm sure he will. Uh, it only makes sense. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, he would do great as a road agent. But I, I'd like to see him for another few months. I would. I hope that he's on the first AEW TV show. I really do. I think that he could add to it. He'd bring some legitimacy. Uh, I think he could have some great matches still. If you book him the right way, if you give him the right amount of time in his matches and don't overdo it, uh, I think you could get a good a good little run out of him here. Uh, I, I, you know, I think he could go for for a while. Uh, you know, and so again, comparing this to Canyon versus Ernest the Cat Miller, it's a home <laughs> run, dude. It's out of the park, man. I mean, yeah. it's got to be AEW, but you know, now we got to jump back over uh, to 2001 to WCW's last pay per view, uh, and that was, uh, you know, one of the shining stars of WCW. One of the only real selling points for this at this point uh, in time is Booker T versus Rick Steiner uh, for the U.S. Championship. And man, I'm just gonna jump right in. And it was some hot brawling right out of the gate. Uh, I thought I thought Rick looked really good. This is one of the few uh, Rick Steiner singles matches that I thought he really delivered pretty well. Uh, I I felt like they they built to this match pretty well throughout the show. Um, you know, especially with those even with those terrible backstage segments with with uh, with Bagwell and like a handheld camera. Like they they built really well uh, for this match. Uh, and I thought the pacing, the timing of the match, how they how they laid everything out, uh, a little bit like uh, it, it wasn't slow, but it was it was a good pace. It was a really nice pace here. Um, I thought the guys had really good chemistry. I would have liked to see more of those matches, honestly. I thought Rick Steiner and Booker T did a really good job here. Uh, really smooth transitions between spots. 
But you know what? The finish sucked a little bit. It was just a little strange. Uh, not enough to really change the overall rating, but it wasn't exactly what it should have been. Uh, and I felt like those guys felt it too. I could kind of see it on, on Booker's face at the end of the match. So I ended up giving this match two and a half stars, uh, you know, C minus to a C. Uh, what did you think about Booker T versus Rick Steiner? Uh, honestly, I didn't think it was that good of a match. You know, I love Booker T. I think he's one of the greatest of all time in all of professional wrestling. I think Booker T is up there and should be in the top 10 of anybody's list. I think he's phenomenal. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Steiner had way too much offense. His offense was uh, getting repetitive at times where it was just on and on and on. And I felt like Booker T didn't get enough offense of his own. You know, I felt like there was times when, you know, it was just all Rick Steiner, Rick Steiner, Rick Steiner, Rick Steiner. You know, and then there was some interference. Uh, I didn't really like that. And then, then Booker wins. So, you know, I've given a bunch of Fs, and now I give it a D. So now I guess that's we're fair. back. I feel like that's yeah. fair. Yeah. I mean, what did you give it? You gave it like two stars or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it was yeah. – there was too too much offense. Like I said, too much offense from, from Steiner. But – before we get to the next match on AEW's card, we had a title reveal. Whoa, title reveal for the new world heavyweight title for AEW. And who comes out if it's not the backstabber himself, Brett the Hitman Hart? Oof. The come backstabber out. himself. Wow. Yeah, right after WWE let him come back in and 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 induct his his best Listen friend to the fanboy the Hall rant. of Fame. Listen to the fanboy rant this here. This guy first first he can't drop the title in Montreal and now he's gonna come out and show the title for AEW. I only Ouch. have one thing to say. Ouch. I only have one thing to say about this, and that's Brett. What Ouch. do you got on Bret Hart in this? Ouch, man. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so it really seemed like the commentary, again, it seemed like the commentary fumbled every single time the camera was on them. Like, it was just, it was noticeably bad. Like, and honestly, that's the glaring, the glaring bad point about this entire Double or Nothing show. It was just, it, w- it wasn't good, man. You got to fix that. Like, you guys have to fix that. Um, I feel like he, Jr. even noticed that on Twitter when he said, like, you know, we're we're still working. Thanks for sticking with us. Like, you know, he he kind of acknowledged that. I mean, the Brett pop was massive. I popped. I did, I, I definitely didn't think he was going to be there at all. Um, he did straight up call the AEW World Champ like AEW World Championship Wrestling, uh, and that was kind of funny. Uh, you could even see like the fans kind of like look at their friends and like react. And did he really just say this is WCW? Because that's that's kind of funny, especially considering what we're comparing it to and what everybody's been saying. How there's did a new and, and that? No, he, yeah, oh yeah, I did triple checked. It? He okay. legitimately called. He said, "I want to thank World Championship Wrestling," and it was like that was a little weird. Uh, see, he's an guy. idiot. He's yeah, always oh, had a stroke, man. I mean, come on, Jesus. Ah, Good fuck, Brett. Oh, man. Ouch. Good Lord. But, yo, I mean, MJF came out and, and kind of, like, shut the whole thing down. And, dude, that kid's a star. Like, he's super young. He reminds me of a very young, like, Rene Dupree. Uh, we touched on this on the last show, on the Judgment Day show. Like, Rene Dupree was really good when he was there. Like, he was he had, he had was a pretty good wrestler. He was over. I think MJF could kind of take that exact same kind of, like, cocky young style uh, and, and 
actually knock it out of the park and stick with it. I think that dude could be a legitimate huge star uh, if they just kind of keep running with him. He's super believable as a heel. Uh, he has the most punchable face I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, the promo ran long, for sure. Uh, the the whole issue with Havoc and Jungle Boy coming down, it's like all of a sudden this hardcore kid, the emo kid, is now a baby face, and so is Luke Perry's son. Like, I get that you're trying to establish things here. I just don't know if that's the right way to do it, because obviously no one in this situation is in the world title picture right now, and you're not doing a pay-per-view every month, so why would you not have Adam Page come down, uh, you know, initially? And, you know, and then, like, maybe even have both guys come out, Omega and Jericho. But then you say, well, you want to save those pops for the end of the night or the main event. I get that. That's fair. Then just have Adam Page. Maybe have him come down and cut a promo. Um, maybe have him chase off just MJF. But to have the other baby faces come out who, like, Jungle Boy is not going to be in the world title picture anytime soon. Jimmy Havoc is not going to be in the world title picture anytime soon. Like, it, it didn't it didn't make any sense to, to have them come out, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, a couple fumbles there. He never got a really good hard camera shot with Brett with the title, which really sucks. Um, yep. I mean, yep. and you, you pointed you know that why? out. You know why? You know why? You don't make fun of the legend with Brett. Jeez. Good Lord. I mean, it is what it is. I, I like the belt a lot though. I like. I, I like. The, I think the belt looks cool. It looks heavy as hell, but it looks cool. Um, yeah, let's just keep moving, man. Let's just move right along to the actual match. Yeah. Uh, so this Bucks one was... Versus, yeah, Young, Bu- Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros. I feel like it's not a good call to defend... Like, just first things first. I feel like it's not a good call to defend a different promotion's tag team titles on your inaugural pay-per-view. Especially when, like, you're obviously going to have AEW tag titles at some point. Um... Maybe they're not. Maybe they're gonna just gonna kind of keep the door open for indie promotions. They'll have Ring of Honor tag t- titles, or they'll have AEW, or they'll have whatever Impact or whatever. Maybe they'll do that, and maybe they'll just be like the champion of the indies, and that's fine. But I feel like they're probably gonna really try to be competition for WWE and really have uh, their own tag titles. So when you're in that situation, I, it's really dumb. To, in my really dumb, like really took away from this match to have the AAA tag titles defended. On this show. Not only that, but you, but both of these young bucks are supposed to be the executive vice presidents of this company. And you put them over in this match. Meaning that they're going to have to go back to AAA and drop these titles eventually. Like, how how does that, how does how is that a good idea? Like, in, in, what, in what writing world is that a good idea? Like, you could have had the Lucha Brothers go over. They could have even been signed to AEW. You, they could have dropped the titles in, in Mexico where they're way more over than the Bucks are. And it would have been a much better idea. I understand that it's like, oh, they're EVPs. You know, you already have Kenny Omega go, like losing at the end of the, of the night. So we, did, we wanted all the rest of the executives to go over. That's dumb. First of all, having four EVPs is dumb anyway. You, sh- you could have had them a, a part of the office without it being advertised. And also, I, I really feel like once we get to weekly TV, having all wrestlers as the main office for your company is a terrible, terrible terrible idea it's never Mm -hmm. worked out it's not gonna work out like you're gonna have to figure that out they can stay evps on tv but you're gonna have to find someone else in the back to actually do those jobs that's now that's my opinion there this match was a good high spot match it was a very good indie it was a very it was a very good young bucks match if you like seven if you like a super kick party and you like 17 super kicks in a match 
you're going to love this. If you like a lot of high spots and just boom after boom after boom without like, you know, sell the bump, pop right back up, sell the bump, pop right back up and spot and the spot and the spot and the spot and the false finish and the spot and the spot and another false finish, you're going to love this match. Uh, it was really hard to keep track of who the legal man was. Um, I mean, I get that there's a huge market for this, but it missed it missed the point with me. I, I'm not a big fan of the Young Bucks. I like them as people. Again, when I, I had a, an opportunity to go down to Orlando when they had WrestleMania there last in, in 2017, uh, and we hung out with Jeff Hardy, and he was there, and he wrestled uh, the Young Bucks on the Ring of Honor card that was there in a, in a, in a great, awesome like ladder tables match that was phenomenal. And I had, we had a great time, and they were so nice to me and Nixon both. Again, they had no idea who we were, very similar to Shane Helms, and they were very nice, very accommodating, really cool guys. I wish them nothing but the best, but I'm not a big fan of them in the ring. Uh, so this match is very, 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 very high spot, high spot, high spot. No psychology, high spot, high spot, high spot. Pop with some kayfabe nostalgia, high spot, high spot. I, I just, I'm, I, I feel like if, you know what, like everyone's like, oh, when the revival gets out, they'll go to AEW. I hope so, because, you know, you heard it here first. The revival will teach the Young Bucks how to actually wrestle a tag team match in professional wrestling. Because that, they just, they're just too, it's too many high spots. It's too much nostalgia sharpshooters and a bunch of super kicks. For me, it doesn't get the job done. I gave this match two stars. Uh, you know, it, it was a C minus. Uh, and that's just because I actually like the lineage of the Lucha Brothers. Uh, and, and, and again, they worked really hard. Uh, but the melt, dude, their finish is just so over the top and ridiculous. I just, I'm not, I'm, I didn't like the fact that they went over. It makes more sense for the AAA guys to win here, in my opinion. You could get your shine back with a big handshake after the match, and everybody raises their hand. Everybody's a baby face. It's nice. I mean, yeah. What did you think about the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers? Man, I thought it was, it was like an NXT match, but not good. That's what I thought. It was very NXT, but just not good. I thought it was cool that both were, you know, both teams were brothers or related in some sort. You know, the Young Bucks are brothers. I don't know if whatever the Lucha Bros, I guess, are they brothers or whatever they are. Um, I thought the commentary sucked during this match. The three-man booth really was taken a lot away from it. They were They were fumbling over each other. I thought it was a... Nobody's selling. It was, you know, classic what you were selling. It's saying people getting up and super kick, super kick. I actually was into the match, though, for a little bit. I say that, but let's back it up a little bit. I think I jumped a little bit for it. For the most part, I think I was in the match, and I like the story they were telling. But at some point, I just got bored. And that's what I wrote my my notes. It was kind of boring. It was like there wasn't really much to it. But... You brought up something about them being, you know, executive vice presidents. Cody's going to have trouble with this too, you know. That's why Cody's not in Agreed. the. That's why Cody's not in the number one spot for this pay per view. You know, he technically is because he's in the number one match and it was a number one match, but he's not in the title match and he's going to have to watch out and being in the title match. Same as the Young Bucks. That's why they're in the Triple A title match. Yeah, they're going to have to go and drop the titles, but. You know, just bury that and don't even talk about it. it it's very hard. What are you going to do? Are you going to have the Young Bucks be the tag champs? And you're going to have Cody? I think Cody deserves the world title. And I believe the Young Bucks, honestly, they're a hot tag team. They're one of the, the hottest tag teams in the world. They, they, they deserve the tag titles. But 
you're the executive vice president and you give yourself the tech titles. Now all of a sudden you're Vern Gagne, you're AWA and you're, you know, just helping out yourself and your or son. You're in, or you're Crockett and you're, or you're you know, yeah, Dusty. you can do it. I mean, that's or, fine. Or you're, I mean, yeah, or you're the hundred other ones that, you know, the bunch of the other t- ones that did it. The titles, giving themselves their own promotion titles doesn't bother me. It's the fact that they defended another already established promotions title on their well, first inaugural page. I know, I get that. Dumb. I'm just, and what I'm saying is, I think it's because they're trying to balance the fact that they're the, you know, that they're gonna they're gonna have trouble with that the whole way. That's why they don't need to, like you were saying, they don't need to be executive vice presidents. But, but it's weird because this isn't a normal thing. This isn't a normal thing. This is people that came together that said, you know, man, there's nothing there for us. There's nothing there for wrestling fans like us. Let's put something out there because WWE is not how it used to be. They they are trying to be – AEW is not the new WCW. They're not the new ECW, and they're not the new WWF. They're WWF, WCW, and ECW all bought up into one because these guys, Young Bucks, Khan, uh, uh, Cody, all these guys are – came up in the same era as we did. Cody Cody brought back the classic ECW, or not ECW, the classic IC title, the classic Intercontinental title. He loves old school wrestling. I mean, yeah. all these guys, they're trying to literally, they're going to ball it all up into one. This is not going to be a throwback to WCW. This is not going to no. be a throwback to ECW. It's going to be a throwback to all of them. That's my opinion. I think that's how it's going to be. Which makes it new. Which makes it hopefully great, I hope. Yeah. But they need to get some, they need to get more more stars and make their own stars and i hope that's what they're going to do who knows we got to see it maybe some of these people i'm hating on i'm gonna love who knows yeah trent i hope so Bretta might be the next champ or maybe somebody i don't even know i don't know they're gonna build people i don't know it, it doesn't matter well, well it does matter but we don't know right now we're gonna have to see but back to the match i don't think it was that great I don't think it was that bad though. I think I just got a little bit bored in there and I gave it I gave it a C minus. It was in between. Don't think it was terrible. I don't think it was great. I gave it a C minus. I'm long winded now. And I think we need to go back to WCW because it's been a while since we talked about WCW because we've talked about them presenting the AEW title with Backstabber Brett. Then we moved on to Young Bucks. I think we've kind of agreed on the Young Bucks, right? Yeah, because absolutely. you kind of gave it. You know, you gave it that. And then it's uh, Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair. This is the match that they were alluding to the whole night with their little documentary. Jeff Jarrett yeah. and Ric Flair versus Dustin and Dusty Rhodes, which is really cool because we're seeing old Goldie Hawn, Dusty Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, I should yeah. say, on both shows. It's funny no, that I agree, how yeah. we, it was a happy accident. We get Dustin and Dustin. And, um, I loved seeing that. Um, I wanted to know: Did you plan that? Did you plan having Dustin on both? I thought it was pretty. I cool didn't. I that. didn't actually. But yeah, man. I mean, I honestly forgot that Dustin had come back to WCW in this time. I was shocked. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Me shocked. too, man. I mean, I mean yeah. Go, go, dude. Go ahead and give me your thoughts on this. Like, yeah. what did you think about the sag match? Man, um, you know, Ric Flair dressed in his dress shoes. You know, he didn't even have boots on or even. Or even tennis shoes on. He had dress shoes on. You could tell he wasn't even. You could tell he wasn't into this. Ric Flair was not into this. I love seeing Dusty. You know, um, Dusty and Rick getting their stuff in, doing all their stuff. You know, Rick was like not even into it and still had me popping. Rick, Rick hating being there. You could tell he hated being there. 
And I still was like, he hit the ropes just for no reason at one point. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it was the one time. It's Flair. I'm yeah. giving, I gave five Fs and two Ds. And then I got Ric Flair doing that and I was getting so hype. And then Dusty throwing the elbows on everybody. Oh, yeah. oh my God. There was some sloppy moments, but I gave them all a pass because it was all nice and fun. And I actually gave the match a B. I gave the match a B because it was so fun. Wow, okay. I hated I hated the 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 jeans for Dusty and all that, but oh, I man. really hated I really hated uh it wasn't but it was it taped him and I don't know, he just didn't him and Rick were like kind of thrown in there. I feel like I feel like they could have been a little more prepared with their ring gear. Rick more more so, but yeah, yeah. B. I give it what'd you think about it? Man Dude, I mean, obviously Jeff Jarrett and Dustin are going to carry the majority of the match. I mean, which is fine because both guys can work. They're familiar with each other. They'd already spent time in WWE together at that point. I mean, how many times have we seen like Jeff Jarrett slap nuts versus Goldust in WWF up and leading up to this? I mean, they were both always in the, in the IC title picture. So we probably saw this on Raw 8,000 times. Um, and, and, and the chemistry showed. I felt like I felt like those guys with the legitimacy to the match. Uh, when they were both in the ring, they they wrestled a good 90s, early 2000s style wrestling match. Uh, and, and man, dude, honestly, like the older guys gave the comedy spots and that was their role at the time. You know, it's been well documented. I've listened to all, you know, I've, I've read the books and I've listened to the, all the interviews and Flair was not, you know, he wasn't confident at this point. Um, and I don't think Dusty was either to be what they were in the 80s. Uh, so he was comfortable doing just the gimmicky High spot, you know, his, his not even high spots, but his, like, scripted kind of spots. And, and he pulled him off well. Uh, I think that he could have gotten more out of himself if he would have been more confident this time. Uh, I mean, you know, this is 2001, and he looked a little, he looked like he was almost out of gas, but we saw him in, you know, 04, 05, 06, 07, 08, and he was doing great. You know, he was great. Right, Ric Flair was continued to have really great matches after this. But, but yeah, man, I mean, it was honestly really entertaining to me. I mean... Uh, since you knew out of the gate what it was going to be. And that, that's the thing. Like, even in the terrible turmoil of WCW and how it was, when you put, you know, when you put, you know, Dusty and Ric Flair in, into a match together or an angle together, they're going to deliver. Even if they're going to be the comedy relief for the match, they delivered. I felt like it was really entertaining out of the gate. Uh, it wasn't going to be too serious. You know, everyone knew, you know, leading up the promos to this match, we all knew with the burritos backstage and, like, all the fart jokes. Like, we knew it was going to be a comedy match. And that was okay because they built it that way. You know what I mean? Like, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it was so sweet and, and like, and bittersweet and nice. And, like, I mean, honestly, watching this by myself at, like, 10 p.m. a week before AEW, like, on my iPad, like, I got a little teary here in the pops for, like, Dusty, you know, I mean, like, and he just looks so happy, like, he just looks so happy to be in there, um, especially after they got the win, you know, Dustin got the, the small package win over Flair, and you could just see, you know, Dustin got the win, and Dusty just had that little, that, that, that little, that little grin, baby, he was yeah, going baby. to, he was going to get in the, he was going to get in the corner, yeah, baby. Get, get a little bit of it. Get a little of that hind end oh, in front yeah, of Jim, if you will, baby. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, it was really cool to see. I, I enjoyed it, man. I give, yeah, I gave it a B as well. Honestly, like we're dead on, dude. I gave, I gave that match a B. I thought it was really solid. I mean, it was the last real pay per view match that Dusty Rhodes ever had. Uh, as bittersweet as that is, it is what it is, and I appreciated being able to watch it, and I was grateful for the WWE Network for me to be able to watch that. Uh, man, 
Let, let's just jump right back into it, though, man. Let's move back over to the current product, uh, back to you know what we're looking at here, and it looks like we got Jericho versus Omega. I got a lot of notes about this one, brother. So I'm gonna throw it over to you, Cage Cast. Show me what you got and tell me what you thought about the goat, Chris Jericho versus the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Alpha versus Omega Two. Cage Cast, take it away. Man, uh, right away I'll tell you, I thought the first match was better than this one. Our uh, positive things I have to say is I like. Jericho's entrance I thought it was really cool he did you know tried to do you know the evolution of Jericho I thought they did some you know some cool stuff with the camera with Jericho and all that and um man I thought it was an okay match Jericho looked very out of shape Jericho's actually people have commented to Jericho on Twitter about this from time to time the last couple of years actually not about this match I mean I'm talking about a year ago, I've seen him hit him. Dude, if you look at him versus KO, which is his right. last like real thing in WWE, to him now, right? Like, dude, I think he's got a drinking problem. I honestly something, think that man. I don't, like, dude, I, don't, I don't know what like, it is, but he's awful. out of shape. Yeah, I he, agree. he'll defend it. He'll defend it on Twitter and say that he's in the best shape of his life because he does power. And I saw it recently, and I saw it. He started looking bad the last few years. He started getting more and more. Yeah, the last match he looked better than he did now, but he still looked he still looked pretty bad. He still looked he still looked pretty big. He defends it by saying he's doing powerlifting and that he's the strongest he's ever been in his life. But his cardio is bad. I don't care. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You've never been a bodybuilder, now, Jericho, and exactly. now is not the time to build your flabby muscles. Exactly, like, and that's what that's what I'm saying. He is in denial. He's got excuses. Wait, dude. It's like cut an addict. Weight. It's like an addict. You're saying something, and he's like, "But no, I'm I'm lifting the most I've ever lifted, bro." Look in the mirror. The fans are right. They're telling you you yeah. look like crap. And I you and you did that. You were to. embarrassed. You were embarrassing for AEW. They gave you the spot. You you you. Crapped the bed for Kenny Omega. It was disrespectful to Kenny Omega. It was disrespectful to AEW and Cody Rhodes and everybody else. And he really, really did something I've never seen. I've never seen Jericho do. It was like, it was just, it was just disrespectful. I don't know how else to say it. He really, I, I expect so much more from Chris Jericho. What he did in that pay per view, I think, is unfair forgivable and will take away from his legacy and a legacy that I love. I love Chris Jericho. I love all the things he's done. You know, Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Safeco field was one of the greatest matches of all time. And they stole the show. It was amazing. Chris Jericho has done a lot of great things. He's always been able to reinvent himself. I like the stuff that he's done in new Japan. I like all this stuff he's done lately, but this was unacceptable. I think he, he dropped the ball. There's no other better way to say it, in my view, that than he dropped the ball. From what I was expecting from Chris Jericho, somebody that I've followed my whole life and really have a lot of respect for. I thought Kenny Omega did a great job with what he had, but you weren't going to see the best out of either one of them with how Chris Jericho was working. He was slow. He was off. He was off pace. He was one step behind the whole time. I agree. Although both are so great, they were able to still get a C out of the match. And then, you know, you get a dude coming out at the end, Moxley. So, 
you know, watching it the second time was really cool. The first time I didn't know because I was expecting somebody else that I don't want to say, but it was uh, it was actually pretty cool to rewatch, rewatch and give it a, a better take. Mm. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but okay. I give it a C. I mean, I still, you know, especially after that Cody Dusty wrote the dust. I'm sorry, Cody Gold Dust match was so amazing. This wasn't. It kind of sucks for the pay per view to have. Cody and Dustin steal the show and then have a bad match from the Young Bucks and then a bad match from Y2J and, and Kenny. But I still think that, uh, you know, they're going places with, with AEW and I think they're going to learn a lot and I think they need to just lay off a little bit of the indie side of things. But we'll probably get to that at the end. Um, right now on the Y2J and Kenny, I'm going to give it a C. What do you think of, of uh, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega? Ooh, okay. Um, man, um, I gotta give like one more shout out to my good buddy Kenneth Nixon. That guy has uh, helped me out and he's gotten me into a lot of cool uh, wrestling scenarios. Uh, he's been friends with Jericho and and they've gotten us tickets to some Raws here in Nashville. Uh, and, and he's a great guy. Uh, he's really nice. Um, he genuinely does love the fans and does like keep them in high regard. He genuinely does appreciate the fans and recognizes that he would not be, uh, you know, an ECW wrestler, a WCW, a WWE, a, a, you know, every, he's done literally everything. He's, he's, he's the last of that generation and he's still in a main event. So, I mean, you got to give him that. I mean, no matter how, how he looked, you got to give him that. He sold it. He's gotten himself to this point and he sold it. Well, uh, I mean, he's, you can make the argument that he is, the greatest of all time. You can make the argument that he is the absolute greatest of all time. You can. I I, I don't think that he is, uh, but I think that he's in the discussion at least. Um, but yeah, man, if we're if we're gonna just let's get down to brass tacks. Let's talk about the actual match. I mean, there's no way around this, dude. Jericho looked awful. He looked terrible. He can say what he wants to say on Twitter, but he is does not look good. And everything I hear on his podcast, everything I see from his social media, the dude's drinking a lot. And and again, like I'm not, I, I don't want. All right, I want to put a nip in the bud here. Like I'm not saying the dude's an alcoholic or he is like has an alcohol problem. I'm just saying that when you're this age and you want to be in the main event, dude. Like, do you think that Seth Rollins drinks as much as Jericho does? No, no, he doesn't. Do you think AJ Styles does? No, no, he doesn't. Because he has to make sure that his body looks good on TV, and that's why. Like, I, I'm not saying that he's an addict or he's like. He, or or, or 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 it might it could be dairy or it could be red meat or whatever it is for him at, at this age, dude. You got to figure it out, man. You need to drop at least fifteen to twenty pounds, easy fifteen to twenty pounds. Like, and you need to make sure that if you're gonna sign a, a long term deal, if you're gonna be on TV every week with AEW, and that's what they need from you, you need to trim the hell down, dude. You need to trim it off because this is not gonna work on a mainstream audience. It's not. You can say you want your thank you and that's your gimmick or whatever. And again, dude, you're a beautiful man. I love you to death. But dude, you've got to cut the weight, man. You, It doesn't look good. Whether it's powerlifting or whatever, it does not work for your frame. And you look like flab, dude. You, it, it's not good. It's a bad look for you. Um, I mean, it was rough. Why? And by the way, in the beginning, why is the Cracker Barrel Barrel in the ring? Like, and they I know never, we got like a 
They never. Yeah, I know we got like a little funny pop for like Chris Jericho helping the referee get it out, and that was a good pop. That was a nice spot for him because he's still a genius because he still in his brain knows how to work because he still knows how to get a crowd. And his post match promo was phenomenal, and everything he did leading up to this was phenomenal. He's he is arguably the greatest of all time. But dude, the physicality is, and and that's the thing too. This isn't like. Chris Jericho is one of those guys that was always a gimmicky wrestler, like he was a John Cena or he was a Hulk Hogan. No, he's been known for his work rate, for being a great wrestler in the ring, bell to bell, putting on great matches. And that's not something we got tonight, or at least on the AEW night, rather. Right. It was just, I mean, there were a couple of spots that just felt really wonky. Uh, I mean, the Jericho spot with like the, the, the gimmicky spot with the camera and the water, that could have been shot better. Uh, they could they should have cut to his camera right when the water spit at him. It would have been way better. Uh, but that was a good idea. It was a very WWE thing to do, but it was a good idea. Uh, Jericho standing outside holding the table for Kenny Omega to do a flip was felt really dumb to me. Um, I mean, at certain points during this, I felt bad for Jericho, and that is not the reaction that you want to have, man. I mean, he just looked winded. He looked really winded, like he was sucking air, and he looked really rusty. But the crowd loved it. That's the thing. That's another note I put here. The crowd loved it. Like the crowd was really into this match. And every mark, every you know forum that I'm on, every Facebook group that I'm in loved this match. Thought it was phenomenal. But dude, like, I mean, it wasn't a bad match. Like you said, it was a C, it was a C level match because it's he's still Chris Jericho, okay? It, but he's not Chris Jericho from even four years ago, let alone ten years ago. He's not. He's not. He's not the same guy. He, and I'm not saying he can't be. I'm not saying that he's not going to be when AEW gets there. But I will say that if he's not, when AEW gets to weekly television, they're in trouble. Because he needs to be able to deliver and not look like Shane McMahon at Money in the Bank every paper, every every single week. He needs to look like he's not winded. He needs to look like he's not 50. He needs to look good. He needs to do DDP yoga and, and lose the weight and like... Whatever it is that older guys do, he needs to do that, man. I mean, I felt genuinely bad for him at certain points, man. I mean, lots of running knees. And there were some serious botches, especially on that, like, close to the finish, the winged angel into the DDT. That was an obvious flop. And they did, like, a couple little things to save it, and they just did it again, which I felt like shouldn't have even happened. They should have just called an audible and gone to the finish because when they redid it, it almost even made it – it made all – at least, like, more educated fans notice even more that they messed up, the, like, immediately before that. So they should have just scrapped that whole spot and gone straight into the finish there. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you switch this, if you switch this match – if you put this match where Dusty and Co- or Dustin and Cody was, and put Dustin and Cody on last, mm-hmm. uh, it's this this whole show is significantly better. I mean, the post match stuff, it was good, but okay. This all right, all right. Here's my rant, buddy. Are you ready? Here's my rant, KG Cast. Get it. I've never been a Dean Ambrose fan. I've watched John Moxley from CZW, and I thought he needed polish. I thought he wasn't good then, and he needed to get better. And so he went to NXT or FCW and then NXT and he became in the shield and he became something. But I always felt like he wasn't quite there. And now he's like, oh, well, they made me this way. And I'm going to go back to the way I used to be. And I feel like I've been set free from prison. And it's like, OK, well, you were shitty when you were an independent wrestler. 
I'm just going to say it. You weren't good. You weren't good. They made you better. And now you literally had a shield entrance where you came down from the crowd. This is his whole thing. He literally had a shoot interview where he was like, yeah, you know, the hokey stuff, the, the jokey stuff, the big gimmicky stuff, the big prop stuff. I'm not into that. I'm a wrestler. I'm not a sports entertainer. I'm a pro wrestler. Cool. Mm. Well, then you had a Dean Ambrose entrance, and then you don't like the quote-unquote hokey wrestling. You want to quote-unquote leave WWE. And then your first night into AEW, what do you do? You go up to where the raw table would be. You do a prop spot that would totally be on Monday Night Raw. You push over a a, a double or nothing chip, and then you do your WWE finish. By the way, on to a chip, a, a po- some poker chips. What about that is not WWE? <clears throat> what about that is independent wrestling? What about that is not hokey? First of all, like it. it I'm not a fan of John Moxley. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I, I'm not a fan of Dean Ambrose. I just don't I think, think he's good. I think we just, I think today's episode, I'm no longer KG Cass. I'm back to just regular Cast the Kid Lush. I think it's dangerous Daniel Schaefer. I mean, maybe. Dangerous maybe right now. Daniel maybe, Schaefer today. Right, this is the heel turn. Wild. This is the heel turn. Are you ready? I want you, I want you to turn your dial up one more time. I want you to listen really close. John Moxley is not Steve Austin. Stop acting like John Moxley has any kind of stone cold moments. He is not anywhere close to being in the same room. He is not anywhere being close to being in the same factory that Stone Cold's boots were made. Okay? It's not the same. Okay? Now, all right. Saying that, he could be a huge player for AEW. And I hope... That he proves me wrong. I hope that John Moxley becomes this huge, amazing thing, and I love it. I hope that he changes my mind because wrestlers have, and I enjoy it when they do. I want to love AEW. I really do. I really do. But this wasn't it. And it leaves us with one more match. It's 2001. We're going to go back to the last match on WCW's pay per views ever. And this is Big Pump Pump is your hookup. Holla, if you hear me, versus Self High Five. Diamond Dallas Page for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, and it's a Falls Count Anywhere match. Cass, I've talked enough. They need some change. Our listeners need to change here. Take it away. What do you think about this main event, Big Papa Pump versus DDP? Holla, if you hear me. That's what I'm talking about. DDP, Scott Steiner. Woo! It's me, it's me, it's DDP. I know Stop. that wasn't Don't his do that again. yet. Don't say that again. Don't ever do it's that again. Me. That was a terrible it's part me. of his history. It's D-D. That's the only way I know DDP. He, did all he right. have another gimmick? I'm done. Is that all he did? That's all I know of him. Uh, that, I know that part and the yoga part. That's it. Um, you know, the match went straight to the crowd. Straight to the crowd. Um, it was obvious... Ah, uh, messed up. Because you got up like that, you son of a bitch. I got, I messed up. Sorry. It's okay. My kid was screaming, and then you did that, and... I just okay. went to the trash can. It was just yeah, right there. Sorry. I know, sorry. The match... Oh. <clears throat> Ready? 
the match went straight into the crowd. It was right into the crowd, right out of the ring, because that was part of the stipulations. It was, you know, false count anywhere. So right away, the match went right to the outside. And right away, you know, what do you expect, DDP or Scott Steiner? You're not going to expect much if you know anything about either of these two guys. Neither one of them were ever known to be, you know, showstoppers. Uh, you know, they did some stuff to the outside, and then there was an obvious moment with a guy with crutches just standing there, and it was very awkward. Like, why is there a guy with crutches standing there waiting with awkward, weird, old wooden crutches? I haven't seen wooden crutches in forever. And then he steals the wooden crutches and bangs them over his head. There was another spot where they brought it all the way back to the ring, and then there was a fan holding up something for for them to use it was almost like because ecw was hot so like fans were holding up something but there was only one fan and i swear to god i don't know if it was him but it looked exactly like paul london i'm pretty sure uh, it was paul london it was, was it paul, paul london. You, yeah it's in my notes yeah okay you saw it i swear yeah. to god i was like that's, and it was so funny it that he's like he's the only one there's one on one side and there's one on the other side holding up this weird look like a record and he took it smashed it over his head so stupid. I mean, the match wasn't good. And then, you know, Rick Steiner comes out, interferes. Uh, it took everything to not give it an F, but it had given so many Fs for the the whole night. You know, this is the last match we're going to rate. I give this one a D. There wasn't much to say about it. I don't know how I can give it anything more. It probably should have been an F, but let's say D. What do you think? About. I mean, I, I feel like our ratings are pretty close. I mean, it was a false count anywhere match. And to be totally honest, man, when this whole thing started, I had zero desire to see or even watch this match. Uh, I mean, lots of brawling to open the show. Uh, I mean, the kid on crutches is a terrible plant to me, too. Like, in the, like, merch area that they set up. And it's, he just stood there. And there's no one around. And it's like, he just kept looking at DDP like, hey, when are you going to take my crutch? Like, it was just, it was, it was really awful. Um... I mean, the Paul London spot did pop me, though. Like, I, I mean, I saw yeah. him in the front row, and I was like, oh, it's Paul London, and I popped, and I was like, that's, I, I giggled, because it was funny to me. Like, it was actually hilarious. I mean, but, but to, all right, after everything we said about this match, the crowd was hot for this. They were. They were hot as hell for this match. I mean, and they're both established guys, and to be totally honest, it wasn't the worst match on the card. Uh, there was still something left in the tank for, for uh, you know, Scott Steiner, but it certainly wasn't the, bat, but the best. Uh, I mean, it was standard, like, interference um, and, like, you know, gaga to end the match. And, you know, it was what it was. Uh, I will say that DDP got pretty good color, uh, but it didn't really save the match for me. I ended up giving the match, like, one and a half stars, so about the same. Um, Man, so, like... how do you, I mean, how are you feeling over this this entire thing? Like, I mean, you know, this, this entire so, comparison, where are we here? You know, 2001, we had WCW's last pay-per-view greed. Now it's, you know, 2019, and we're seeing a brand new company that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are putting out there with Chris Jericho as their head nostalgia star. And they put on a – I think they put on a hell of a show. Where are you at with your overall grade? So – here's what I have to say about it. You know, the AEW show had some ups and downs. They had their good moments. They had their bad moments. They had their great moments. You know, Dusty and, or I'm sorry, Dustin and Cody had that great moment. And then there was some good moments and some bad moments. It's from fair, there. man. Dusty was there. I felt it. Right. And Dusty was there. So it's good. I keep saying that. Maybe there's a reason. Cause Absolutely. like uh, Dustin said after the match, you know, he was there and he had the best seat in the house. Rest in peace, Dusty Rhodes. 
baby, little, little funky yeah, like a monkey. Cream. Look at that. Punky Second head. only to Muhammad Ali, baby. You sitting there looking at me right there with your little your little NWO third little there punkin' hair talking about it. Let me tell you about it, baby. All right. Uh, you know, it had it ups it had its ups and downs. You know, WCW, that was at the end of their run. That was just a crap show. So AEW kinda got a pass here that they win in my book, but you know, my backyard wrestling show could have probably beat this WCW show, but this AED, AEW show wasn't terrible. It had it had its ups and downs. I think if it would have been head to head with a uh, you know a different pay per view, things could have been different. But the show was AEW versus WCW Greed Which 2000. Which is a good pairing. It was a good, good pairing, pairing. Considering great, yeah, I love it. You know, last WCW, the last. Uh, competitor to the wwe and now the newest competitor the first ever competitor to the wwe since wcw so it makes sense well, i just i just want to end this here with a little story because i feel like some of you guys need to hear this so let me tell you a little bedtime story uh once there was a guy with bleach blonde hair that had been burned by the big bad wwe he and his family had a long history in the business and the lineage ran deep so he got together with some of his friends and decided to start a rival company. Finally, some real competition since the close of WCW. He pulled together some of the top independent talent in the world, as well as some of former WWE talent to the surprise of everyone. The fans were buzzing and overjoyed with the possibility of a new company to actually rival the big, bad beast of WWE. They put on their first ever pay-per-view, and it did not disappoint. Huge success. And the future never looked brighter. Everyone was so hyped, man. Everyone was so pumped about this company. The entire wrestling world was about to get exactly what it needed. Another war. So who was the savior of wrestling? Who was the man that finally brought the fans a true alternative? Yeah, you're not going to like this, man. The man was Jeff Jarrett. Mm. It was 2002. And the company was TNA. Dude, we've seen this all oh. before. That's, 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 that's what I'm trying to lead you to. Okay, look. Look, I'm hyped too, man. I, I loved this. Dude, we had, a, we had live streaming. I, I love Cody. I think he's phenomenally talented. I, I love everything that this company could be. I love every idea about this company. I love they have money. I love that they're going to be on TNT. I love that it's going to be you know where WCW left off. I think it's a perfect place for them to go. But at the same time, man, yo, you go you, – you know, I have to say this. You marks need to calm down, man. AEW had one pay-per-view. And you're going to act like it's different this time? And I hope it is. Let me make this very clear. I hope it is different this time, okay? I want this to be successful. I really do. But you guys are out here acting like this is the best pay-per-view we've seen in years. You act like this is better than, better than WrestleMania. That's that's poppycock. It's poppycock, Cass. Okay, mm-hmm. it's poppycock. You guys are acting like we didn't just see a five-star match at Money in the Bank from Rollins and Styles. And it was a five-star match, dude. Like, okay, look, give me six months of regular TVs from AEW, and then we can start talking about a war. Then we can start talking about a real rival. But, dude, not now. Come on, it's from one peer review. And, and you know, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, okay? I'm just trying to keep things in perspective. If you want to be hype, be hype. But keep it in perspective, okay? Yeah, it's been a long time since even TNA was relevant. It's been years. It's been since 2013, 2014. It's been a long time, for sure. Like, a good, solid while. 
But it's not the first time this has happened. And we got so hyped for TNA, and it flopped time after time after time after time. So just pump your brakes. I hope the AEW does well. I enjoyed this show. I thought it was a hit for the most part, but it was a B plus at best. And that's still that's still in, in comparison to other indie shows. It's not remotely close to a WWE pay-per-view right now. It's just not. It's not. No matter how you feel about the directive, no matter how you feel about, you know, you watch Raw every week and SmackDown every week and you're just tired of the same old thing. I get that. I get it. I get it. I'm with you, man. I'm totally with you. But, like, just don't overblow it, man, because it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt them if you do. It's going to hurt AEW if you put them on a higher pedestal than they're able to obtain, okay? So just pump the brakes. Be Enjoy Double or Nothing. I did. Enjoy it. Enjoy the next pay-per-view, the, the, the Fighter Fest. Enjoy, enjoy all out. Enjoy the big pay-per-views. But let's not start talking about a war until they have a weekly TV show. Cass, what do you, I mean, how do you feel about this whole thing, man? Wrap us up, dude. Man, I think you just said it best, so there's not much more to say about it. I've already kind of compared the whole shows before you started that. And like I said, man, AEW, you know, they didn't have much of competition. So I give them – I give them – the win tonight, but I do agree with everything you say there that they have a long way to go. And I think you got that from what I have been saying through all of my perspective through the card and everything else. But like I said, from the get, from the get go, and I know you can agree, this is all out of love. This is all out of wanting AEW to be the best and to actually be competition, but were they competition like Stone Cold Steve Austin said, oh, hell no. But yeah. will they? Only time will tell. We so. will see. I hope, I hope so. so. But like you were saying, to kind of add to that, say it doesn't, this adds stock to a lot of the people. Cody Rhodes, we are, I mean, what I kind of, I want them to be competition in AEW, but hey, I wouldn't mind Cody Rhodes coming and winning the WWE world title. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind I that either. I wouldn't mind seeing Young Bucks throwing the super kick in the WWE ring, which I bet's probably their dream and to begin I with. Agree. And so, you know, it's all fun. It'll all work out. Either way, it's a win-win for the top guys at AEW. Yeah. Win-win. I think that's the best way to say it. Win-win for the top guys at AEW. Let's hear what we have next. Tell Dude, us, Dangerous Dan. Next week. So we had a long layover after WrestleMania, and I'm so sorry that we had that break, but we just didn't have content. So uh, we're just going to keep a plug in for you guys, though. We have this coming week, we have, we're have we going to cover our very first takeover, and we're comparing it to uh, you know something we've never touched on thus far on the show, uh, and it's going to be ECW's 1999 Hardcore Heaven. Uh, so you're going to get 1999 Hardcore Heaven versus uh, you know June 1st NXT takeover it's gonna be a great 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 comparison i'm super pumped about that we also have the super show going up against 2004's raw exclusive pay-per-view from that month man i'm so pumped for where this show is gonna go dude man let's close it out like dude find us on twitter find us on instagram at k-a-y-f-a-b-e-c-o-m on both platforms we Mm want to hear what you guys think about these shows man and if you have ideas hey if there's a new pay-per-view coming up what do you guys want to see us compare fighter fest to how about, uh, you know, All Out? Do, do you want us right. to, to, to keep going with the WCW thing? Do you want us to compare it to a modern WWE thing? We can do that as well. So, you know what? Hit us with it. 
Yeah, let's go. Come on. I had fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this great comparison, and we're looking forward to bringing you many more, many more to come. Here we go. It's Cass, let's say it, Cass, KG Cass the Kid, Dangerous Daniel Schaefer. We are out. Peace. Peace.